Gather around, freaks. It's Thursday night. For the second time this week, we're doing a show. This is, hey, did you see this one? It's us, we're here, it's Thursday, it's the holidays, I guess this is technically our Christmas episode, it's happy holidays from all of us to all of you, uh, welcome to Hey Did You See This One, it is Fansember, also known as uh, uh, Guestmas, and uh, once again we have a, oh. what? I just, it's funny, I was laughing at it because it was funny, what you said was funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I would like to welcome our uh, guest this week, uh, Arjun Tavetti. I said that right? That's right. Nailed it. Uh, awesome. Welcome to the show. Uh, this, oddly enough, I don't know if you know this, but the whole reason we're doing Fansember is basically because of you. I think you were one of the first people to like make uh, a, a request for a movie. Originally, it was Total Recall. Um, we were there's no way we're getting out of doing uh, Paul Verhoeven this week, twice. Um, but then you switched it at the last second to Starship Troopers, which is fine. It, and it's funny because this whole time for like a year, I thought for some reason I thought you wanted to do the new Total Recall. I don't know. I'm sorry. The, the no. old one, the original. I I haven't seen the new one, but the old one. You know, after I saw the movie like Fifty Fifty and like the Quato joke at the end where he's trying to like do like the bandage on him like god that movie's amazing but <laughs> starship troopers is uh is definitely close to my heart so i'm happy that we're doing this absolutely well thank yeah. you thank you for coming on um i'm going to make this after a two-year wait on the waiting list yeah <laughs> or however long it's been since you suggested total yeah. recall i feel like matt damon on like the jimmy kimmel show like every time like, <laughs> it's like we've run out of time yeah <laughs> This is episode 116. Um, we've bumped you 116 times, 115 yes. times. So welcome. Uh, we're pleased to have you. Um, the first thing that we like to do around these parts lately is I put up an image on Monday and Tuesday uh, from the movie poster, but zoomed in to like a part of the movie poster. And I have fans of the show guess what the movie is. Um, this week, oddly enough... Um, People had like no problem figuring it out because even though the, sh the the premise of the show is to do movies that like aren't talked about that much, everybody knows what this movie is. But then I learned that some people have never seen this movie also. So anyway, um, I would I would like to add the poster for this movie is very iconic in the sense that iconic. people know what the poster for this looks like, even if they haven't seen it. <laughs> Even from just wandering the halls of Blockbuster when they were, you know, 11 years old or whatever. That's right. So I'm going to just read out some uh, some shout outs. This is the fan guessing game. Congratulations. You have successfully guessed the correct answer. Which is the answer you provided. <laughs> Congratulations. Congratulations. Um, that's right. This is the fan guessing game, uh, outcome. 
Uh, first up is Craig Webster, uh, friend of the show, former guest of the show. He said drugs. That's it. That's the message. He also uh, said that he was going to message me back with a real message, but never did, which I figured would happen. It's because so, he did too many drugs and forgot. That's right. Um, yeah. Friend of the show, Chris Murphy, uh, future guest, uh, got the uh, answer and wanted us to say, do you want the apes to live forever? Which I believe is the like one of the last lines of the movie. And he says, come on, you apes. You want to live forever? That's like his thing that he says. And I think that someone said that to him. I think it was his, like, Michael Ironside, right? Doesn't he yeah. say that at some point? Yeah. And uh, I'll shout out his, uh, he's got two podcasts that I've been on one of, the Trivial Debates. And I'm going to be on their his other podcast, Hold Up, a movie podcast. Hold Up, I think is what it's how it's meant to be said uh ah. they do a similar thing to us except for they do, they cover three movies in a genre and i'm going to be on i believe in january to talk video game movies um gordon mcdonald i think i'm going to be on in september in september <laughs> so stay tuned for that yeah. you're going to be the origin of uh, of that show where finally <laughs> a year from now you show mm-hmm. up to to talk about i think it's funny too because the movies i almost did the three movies that you are going to do and it's like three cop movies like three buddy cop movies i think i could be wrong Uh, that show seems to change all the time anyway uh gordon mcdonald uh he said gordship troopers i just mm. want (laughs) gary the dishwasher to know i still think about him do you want to know more and i I forgot about the do you want to know more thing so i said yeah Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> and then he said yeah star gourds goopers so uh, thanks for that uh andrew stiver did not get it but he i did want to point out that he said smiling helmet sunset watcher too because of the placement of the, the photo looked like that uh aaron aaron hurdle is a huge fan a friend of the show also former guest uh he just said come on man but i knew that he would know what it is and he said uh He's read the book 15 times and the movie's burned into his retinas. So You know who didn't read the book? Paul Verhoeven. Yeah, I know. This movie. I'm sure we're going to get into that in the body of the episode because oh, there's, a, there's a lot of controversy about that. Uh, Matt Phelp, uh, he said, happy birthday to my main man, Jesus. Praise be. Hashtag hail Satan. Would you like to know more? Uh, two other people. I think we're going to get a lot of would you like to hear. <laughs> Would you like to hear more? A couple people just randomly got it. Uh, shout out to Sean O'Brien and Fletcher Camo. The Off Topic podcast, Friends of the Show, also got it. Uh, Doug and Kadeem. Uh, they basically just wanted to me to plug their show. They wanted me to plug our show. There's a lot of love. I've been talking to them um, about podcasting stuff. So look out for them to appear on the show eventually. And then a unique thing happened i use mastodon to just like promote the show and nobody ever responds but this week somebody did somebody by the name of mario tor uh he said i, I asked him what his message would be and he said oh wow if you could direct people to my band camp and mastodon accounts and ask them to follow me and my music i would appreciate it a lot i'm based in hamburg thanks a lot uh mario tor at mastodon.social and i believe he's mario tor t-o-r-r-e on Bandcamp. So that is the correct movie wow. guesses for this week. Lots of people, lots of people guessed. Lots of people got it right. Um, 
so much housekeeping this week. There's a lot Jesus. of housekeeping. Last week only. It's not usually like this, Arjun. Yeah, last week only two people got it. Yeah. Um, with that, I believe we're gonna. Do you want to skip over talking about the director this week? Um, since we went. Well, I think that that could be what we're talking about in terms of Paul Verhoeven and his preparation for this movie. Cause... Yeah, I'm going to play the sting anyway, because it's great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right, all right. Quiet on set. Are we rolling? Okay, let's shoot this piece of shit. Sound. Speed. Action! Um, I will say... <laughs> I will say that... Um... Nolan, or Leon in the chat said... Uh... Something funny. Oh. What twenty five minutes of Paul Verhoeven last week wasn't That's right. Leon in the chat was. It was too much. Sorry. Was our guest last week? I will say that if you want to hear uh, a long discussion about Paul Verhoeven, go and listen to last week's episode. Um, Arjun, do you have anything you'd like to add about Paul Verhoeven here um, that maybe we didn't cover last week? Do you have any factoids? Not in particular about the director, <laughs> okay. but. I actually don't know any of his other work. You do. You just don't know you do. <laughs> yeah. Educate me. Uh, Robocop. Uh, Robocop. Okay. Showgirl. Total Recall. The Hitchhiker <laughs> the Television Show. To uh, a whole. Oh my bunch god! Of... Jason is obsessed with the Hitchhiker Television <laughs> Show. Here, I'll give you a brief history reason. about why. Here, here's our Hollow here's, Man. Here's our director talk, uh, and why that movie sticks in my head so much. When this movie, and showgirls and a lot of paul verhoeven were on showcase when we were kids the the ad for the hitchhiker scared the shit out of me every Mm. time it was on i don't even know if i'm familiar with it to be honest but i didn't really watch a ton of spooky tv when i was a kid i think it's like i I think it's like a horror show about a hitchhiker anyway let's sounds like it might be (laughs) anyway the the main thing that i wanted to talk about was the fact that he did not read the book uh i think we we touched on this a little bit last week but um i did a little bit of more uh excavation of like why he didn't read it and uh he read two chapters and he said it was so boring it's so boring to me it's just right-wing propaganda bullshit i hate fascism and i'm going to throw this in the garbage and uh so he read two chapters i think something similar happened with robocop where he only read a tiny chunk of it and threw it in the garbage and then just decided to make his own thing um but what he did instead was he tried to take the source material and veil it and kind of hide what he was attempting to do with this movie right which he said they would never they would never let me make like a piece of fascist propaganda. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to dress it up as something else and I'm going to cast all beautiful, like pristine looking white people and have them be these heroes that are committing essentially war crimes for two and a half, two and a half hours and uh, try and trick the audience into thinking that they're supposed to root for these people when they're essentially committing atrocities. Right. Like you can watch this movie and you can you can really see that the the characters within it are you know they're being poisoned to the point that there's a scene where they're like stomping on actual cockroaches in the movie and the kids are like all happy about it like those aren't the enemy those are just things that look like the enemy and uh you know cuts to their part (laughs) exactly um anyway so i i believe paul verhoeven grew up in you know a time where he would have been very much affected by 
World War II and not in a good way, obviously. Uh, I don't think anybody was affected in a good way by that war, but he does kind of inject some of his work with it. And I think this is the most sort of like brazen and in your face about it, where it's like, yeah, they're just Nazis and I'm going to make you like them. Um, so is the Audi... book, is the book uh, originally, th this is what I always wasn't sure on. The book is like straight up, this movie without satire and then he satirized the book or the book is satire but paul verhoeven missed the point of the book and made this... i think it's this i think it's the first one yeah. i think that the book okay. the book is like known and liked by people generally who are uh reading it for the wrong reasons or they're, like they're, they're kind like, of reading it the wrong way let's go and yeah. made planets the book is yeah is the like book is not allegory. is not is not satire um and you know, even this, he he, it is obviously satirical, especially with the the sort of like it almost seems like what we have now on the internet. You know, it's like, would you like to see would more? Would you like to? See it's more? like you're a, you're on a YouTube channel, and at the end, it like click on these links to see more. It's basically <laughs> the same thing. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting, and he is, he is a wildly interesting dude. And I I think I sent a, you guys both a couple of clips of the the audio commentary that he does and just how insane he, he seems as, as a director. Did you well, find this recently too when watching this? Because when I was seeing it and then I saw those like links that pop up, like if you like this, like click more, I didn't find it weird anymore. Like, I'm just so <laughs> like as a kid, you're like, what the fuck is this? As a kid, I didn't, I just saw this as like an action movie. Um, and now it was, obviously obviously satire but the but you're right the like would you like to know more didn't feel out of the blue and i remember as a kid thinking it was weird and then anyway let's get in let's talk about our brief history because this sort of uh lends itself to that it's bleeding into it yeah a brief history this is our brief history um it is a it is a tradition around here let the guests go first so before I continue with what I was saying, Arjun, why don't you uh, give us your brief history of Starship Troopers? Okay. Um, I mean, Starship Troopers was like a movie. That, it came out in 1997, from what I understand. So at that time, I was around like 10 years old. So clearly not age appropriate to be watching this movie. Uh, but I do remember I had my friend back in the day, Tyler Emoff. And of course, it has to be. One of my white friends for sure because his parents could go to blockbuster and pick the movie that has writing death <laughs> and everything would be accepted and okay so obviously we got that went to the convenience store got a couple of bottles of jolt cola got overly caffeinated way past our bedtime and just like watched this movie and i, I mean I, I feel like at that time like it was just interesting seeing like all that gore for the first time and the special effects i think were like ahead of their time and i just thought it was like an awesome movie and i think that you know it, it shows like you know, what you guys are talking about uh, has a lot of, you know, themes involved in it, as well as uh, showing like a dystopian future that goes on in it. And uh, I thought that, you know, even now when I watched it again, like for, you know, this for this podcast, like there's a lot of things that I'm like, oh, like that didn't, that I wasn't like too like tripped out about, but like, you know, I was tripped out about at that time. So I, uh, it was great. I just, I love that movie. Fantastic. <clears throat> um. Yeah, I I I can identify with that. Uh I'll just go next just so I can finish the thought that I was saying like 
it like as a kid i remember watching this and it i've got a storied history on this show of talking about how at this time i would have been in 1997 i would have been 12 i remember watching it i remember vividly watching it at a birthday party at, at my friend jacobs uh who's been a guest on this show he came and talked about mars attacks mars attacks and this movie weirdly enough like feel like similar in a lot of ways they both feel like a callback to like a 1950s like big big monster movie kind of kind of vibe um sci-fi movie and i remember watching starship troopers at age 12 even though i couldn't handle gore i couldn't handle that kind of stuff and being like i'm fine with this for some reason they (laughs) they watched like immediately after they watched dark man and I had to leave the room because I, I was so squeamish when it came to gore and stuff. And that's like, that's pretty Dark much... Man arguably is grosser. <laughs> it okay. is kind of grosser. Yeah. Okay. But I mean, like, I didn't really know that. I'm, I'm sure that it wouldn't really affect me now, obviously, because like I can pretty much handle whatever because I'm an adult. But this one, I, I through, the, <laughs> through the lens of a 12 year old, though, it just felt like a cool, like, I felt like, oh man, I'm getting to see like nudity and gore. And like, I can't believe the parents are, the, you know, Jacob's parents are letting us watch this for his birthday and there was no other movie like it at the time. It, it, you could easily clean this up a little bit and use it to sell action figures is what I kind of learned from watching it today. Also, it's got that. They did use it to sell action figures. This movie had an extensive toy line. Oh, did it? Okay. Yeah. And I I can only imagine that the, the, the following five, uh, four films, the four sequels, get worse and worse in quality they yeah they missed the point like the the point of the movie is completely it's similar to the robocop movies where they just they're like it people like it because it has a robocop in it and it's like no that's the people like it because it's a good movie that is veiled yeah. in in over the top and, and comedic and uh cartoonish gore um but it's dealing with actual um with with actual things that like affect people in a way that they don't realize it right so when this movie first came out like it, a lot of it went right over people's heads and they're like i can't believe that they're they're making these people dressed up like nazis it, it's so silly and dumb and yeah. you're like no that's the point man you're missing the entire point and it's like it seems silly now to to talk about it because it's so obvious and we we talked about th- something similar to this last week where it's like you watched it as a 12 year old you know we, we did show showgirls last week arjun <laughs> And we we're talking about what what differences there are watching that movie as uh, an adult versus watching it as a as a kid. <clears throat> and this movie has, and you can even argue that RoboCop does as well. Total Recall, not so much. That's more of a, a straight action movie. Um, but this movie—that's another and... one I saw like way too young. Probably yes. RoboCop. Now, all also of his is movies. The reason I can't handle gore in the first place, which is crazy. he's not a director for children. No, <laughs> he, you should never watch a Paul Verhoeven movie under the age of ten. I had another. Uh-huh. I had another two friends where they had like a basement with like an extensive movie library and like no supervision. So we would. I've talked about this on the show. We'd watch a Terminator One, which is like gory and has nudity. Watched like The Giver and RoboCop and all these movies, and I I honestly think that watching those movies too young psychologically messed something up in my head that made it so I was like afraid to see it on a shame level, but also on a like empathy level. Like I was afraid that like I could feel that like when something when somebody got hurt in a movie. I felt like a, a like really hard empathy, but also I'm not supposed to be seeing this. Uh, hmm. So that's, it, it's all part of it. I don't know. Um, so this movie with Starship Troopers, you didn't get kind of that like 
scared, like freaked out kind of fear. That's that's just it. It probably was just like, oh man, this is awesome. I'm 12 years old. These guys are killing and there's boobies. This movie also really does lean into it being cartoonish, right? And it does does have a lot of comedic moments that are super gory and off-putting. And some of the best um, practical effects for gore that you've seen or or since it's like i i can't get over the part where the guy gets his brain sucked out and you're seeing like his head sort of like cave in on itself i'm like that's amazing it looks so good and it it, you, it makes me think of all the stuff in total recall that's also just as good um i did well, want before we get into we're kind of moving into the i didn't get to do my brief history I, that's yet. what i was gonna say though <laughs> go ahead and do your do your history and then we can get to we can uh, get okay. to it um, my brief history, I remember seeing this movie very, very clearly for the first time, because up until this point, I wasn't really allowed to watch anything, um, anything that had a gun in it. Even I wasn't really allowed to watch it unless it had a laser gun, like a star war or a star Trek. Um, but for whatever reason, I guess my parents finally were like, I guess they're, they're old enough. And it's weird because my sister is three years younger than I am. But as soon as I was allowed to watch something, she was allowed to watch something. So I was like, how is this? Were they using her age as a gauge or my age as a gauge and why? <laughs> she was I don't know. Test. If she didn't freak out, it was fine. But my parents are so weird. It's like they're completely OK with me watching somebody get their legs sl- sliced off and people get chopped in half. People get their brains sucked out. But as soon as there's a, a nipple on screen, my dad pulls out the remote and starts fast forwarding it. You know, even the scene where they're just showering, like they're just standing there. There's nothing erotic about it. It's just a, a sort of a neutral shower where everybody showers, like all the grunts shower together. Right. It's not my parents still, my parents still do that. <laughs> Your parents still still do that. <laughs> it's either they change, they turn the volume down or they turn the panel and they're like, uh, so Arjun, so how was uh, school today? I'm like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm in school for like 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> mom I'm a, I'm a medical doctor yeah i, I have a phd <laughs> like what the yeah, <laughs> yeah like unnecessary small talk really the way to go when some mild form of kissing is happening on tv yeah so i do i i specifically remember the part where uh, michael ironside is being sort of sucked down into the ground and i'm like oh my god his legs he's gonna get pulled back out and his legs are gonna be gone and it's gonna be so scary and gross my parents did not fast forward through that or turn the volume down for that. But, you know, a scene of a bunch of people just showering and having a, a, a moment of like expository dialogue. No, yeah, no we're not we're not allowed to see this. I'm like, like we could I mean, be missing context. I'm like a, a 12 year old. Like, I don't know what's happening, please. Anyway, uh, th- that was the first time I saw it. And I, I do remember shortly after that, this was one of those movies in the same vein as like Rambo, Robocop, Terminator. They all had a cartoon show that spawned off of it, and this one was no different. Like Verhoeven was sort of the master of franchise work, where like if you look at his body of work, he has more franchises that he basically started. You know, if you wanted to put it up head to head with other directors, obviously the the king is George Lucas because you know just of everything that how much Star Wars there is. But that's still one franchise. He's got RoboCop. He, I think there was a Total Recall. I mean, there is the sequel that came out years later. Um, Robocop had a cartoon show as well as multiple sequels. A video game just came out and this a TV year for, show, for like a live action TV show. TV show. Um, <clears throat> show Girls, the animated series. No, <laughs> um, I think it was called Stripperella, starring. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But then you know this this show had a a 3D animated television show called Roughnecks, which um, 
aired on Saturday morning, even though it was pretty gruesome. It wasn't really that PG. Um, anyway, just I just wanted to to bring that up before we get off of the topic of uh, how weird it was that there was just like franchises that were not for children that would sell toys and in comics and and cartoon shows and video games. That's why I was surprised to, to find out that this um, had. Like I, I feel like I remember the the arachnid action figure now, but this isn't a movie for kids. So like, who are the toys for? Just like twenty year olds at the time. People are no, like they're for children. Action. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what's crazy. I had a Robocop. I had a Robocop. I had a couple of the Starship Troopers. I had tons of aliens, and I had never. I didn't even see aliens until I was like a teenager. Did you have an Elizabeth Berkeley action toys. figure where she's one hundred percent nude and? <laughs> no, it's like you know the Ninja Turtles where you like you stick their head into their shoulders yeah. and it pops out. <laughs> it's like that, except she just does like the grinding move on the dial. <laughs> uh, Paul uh, never, never stop, never stopping. Um, okay, well, I guess we'll move on to the body of the episode because we've uh, sort of just been talking about the movie anyway. But before we do that, I've asked the computer to give us a brief synopsis of the movie. Uh, here's AI synopsis. Synopsis running down the block. Mobile infantry fights Arachne Illins. Rico rises through ranks, exploring military nuances. Hallen's novel critiques of society, advocating civic to do. So I had no idea what I heard the word Rico, Rico rises through the ranks at one point and I couldn't understand anything else. I had a heart for some reason uh, my the AI program I used to make that little uh that little sting didn't like this one. I was trying to do like a cool island song because he kept talking about going to that beach that they never show. Anyway, um <laughs> probably just kill that song. It's about dystopian future. They're probably knowing that we're onto them or need something like that, you know? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, sorry, I'm getting a phone call from my wife who's locked out, and I'll let her in. And why don't we talk about the body of the episode? Ho, 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 ho. Everybody back up, because here comes the body of the episode. So just right at the top of the show, we do just get the federal network kind of giving us the lay of the land, um, and we get lots of the I'm doing my part propaganda, which honestly is one of the things that most people remember about this movie. I'm doing my part. Would you like to know more? And uh, the arachnids. So I just have to go make sure my doors. Well, unlocked. you're forgetting one very important, like important piece of dialogue in this movie. What's the best that? line ever written in any movie ever made. She got his brain sucked out. No, they sucked his brains out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's it. You can't you can't butcher the line. It's so simple. Sorry. Go ahead, Steve. Um, well, uh, Leon has said, Joel Colum, damn, <laughs> I also drank a lot of Joel Cola as a kid, and it's probably why I'm the way I am now. Um, <laughs> Leon also said, feminist masterpiece status, uh, it passes the basic Bechdel Wallace test, uh, and then said 1.5 out of 5 on a wider intersectional feminist discussion as per smart movie, knowing degree, having women. Stay tuned and for I uh... definitely. I definitely would not disagree, but in the movie's defense, none of the characters are three-dimensional. They are all cartoon characters all that cartoon are made characters. out of wood and cardboard. Actually, I um, 
I noticed something funny about uh, Johnny. I don't know the actor's name, but he looks like what Matt Reif is trying to look like now. The comedian Matt Reif, who got like the chin implant, he's canceled right now for just being a yeah. terrible comedian. Well, that's one of the th- things that uh, he did on purpose. Paul Verhoeven did on purpose in terms of casting. He's like, I just want everybody to look like doll people. We talked about this last week a little bit as well. But this is the movie where he stops kind of treating actors like actors and starts treating them like actual props. Like as a kid, uh, I, and I think I loved, to the benefit of the movie. As a kid, I loved Denise Richards, and as like a a young man, but she almost looks like comically baby faced in retrospect like she's like it's almost well they look like they've they're drawn they look like drawn comic book characters and um that's he went for that on purpose right like he looks like the fucking doll from team america like casper van dean looks (laughs) like the like the perfect man face or whatever it's like that's what his face is He's supposed to be playing a teenager in this movie, and he looks like he, he looks was like a sculpture from the like the <laughs> the Greek era, like a, a classic blockhead. Um, but I again, that's all by design, which is what makes the movie so funny. And uh, I mean, we should probably start to get into the, the the plot a little bit as we as we talk about these things, right? Um, um so they're on Clanathu. Uh, uh, for for the invasion, they're invading a planet, and we're getting it through the eyes of um, basically the local news equivalent, and basically everything starts to go to shit, and then it's like we get a time jump uh, backwards to one year earlier, and it's basically a class full of um, new cadets. They're in school. They haven't really decided what they're going to do with their lives yet. Obviously, they're in high school. They're not cadets. They are just. Right, they're just in regular high school, sorry. Yeah. Uh, It is a who's who of people, though, uh, from the 90s. Neil Patrick Harris is there, Denise Richards, Casper Van Dien. um, uh, Who else is in the class at the beginning? The the blonde girl who's in, um, uh, she's in like your road trip or something. Is she the girlfriend of road trip? She becomes captain at the end. Anyway, oh, um, Elizabeth Smart is that her name? Yeah, Elizabeth Smart. Uh, yeah. We see Rue McClanahan as a teacher, which is crazy. That's, uh, that's yeah, Golden that's, Girl. That's her face from Golden Girls. Um, well, I don't want to. Pa- I don't want to just kind of zip, zip through the high school part because I think it is very important. No, I know. Um, I'm just. I just wanted to mention that this, this, the, the who's who of of, of 90s. Uh, teens. Well, yeah, stars. Michael Ironside. Michael is Ironside, of a course, teacher is who's a, missing an arm, and I mean. Um, yeah, our, our golden girl is missing her eyes and she's got clearly got burns all over her face. And it's like one of the great parts about this moment is it seems that every adult in the movie has been horribly scarred because they've all kind of put in their time for the uh, the empire. Or is it it's a federation, sorry, not an empire. So it seems like this is like this is how all high schools are in this like universe. Like, right. Mm-hmm. Like it's a was it, I think oh, this is also supposed to be a particularly nice high school because yeah. they're all they're clearly Buenos rich. Aires, which is yeah so and they're all white like a, for some reason <laughs> I was reading that this is called like a stratocratic society which is like a government that is essentially ruled by the military mm-hmm. and like certain examples like in history that are given of it are like spart like the spartans right. like a stratocratic society where military leaders like literally run the entire like country and like i think right yeah. now like, very few like there's a couple countries in the world that exist like that but that's what this is showing apparently yeah and it's like the the entire society is is 
founded by veterans of war and you know this this war has been going on for however long in the movie and the very idea of patriotism is is it's you know you're 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 heralded as a hero but then you you then see these rich people casper van Dien's parents who are like you don't have to fight to be a citizenship and he's like i want to earn my citizenship so he's being affected by the propaganda very early but he also is only doing this because he wants to follow his girlfriend into battle right exactly. and to prove that he can he can be a citizen on his own without his parents money because his dad wants him to go to Harvard, I think. He's like, you're yeah. going to Harvard, Harvard, like I did. We do learn that he's like he he's not a he, he's not like a math uh, smarts guy. He's drawing on a tablet at the beginning that um, I thought was a really accurate representation of like how tablets are now. Like they kind of nailed it in '97. They had no way of really mm -hmm. knowing how you could like draw a picture and then send it to somebody else and it would like animate it. Like you can. That's pretty common nowadays. Um, but it's interesting that they show him as this like kind of artistic guy. He's kind of like romantic with his girlfriend and he's like bad at math and bad at, you know, science. And I stuff. think he's just supposed to be dumb, but he's, he's very comfortable around dissecting a bug. And he's awesome at sports, which we'll cover yes. in a minute too. Like, you know, <laughs> with that chin, obviously he's going to get into he's a Chad. He's going to get into it. He's light haired. Chad is going to get into a dark haired Chad, obviously. Which is uh, which happens. Uh, so during this scene, the Michael Ironside is sort of talking about what it means to be a citizen. Um, it's not so much an exposition dump, but sort of I think as far as Paul Verhoeven got into the book, <laughs> where he's talking about like we must like go into these worlds, we must you know defeat the defeat the enemy, um, and then but then like after that, like I was finding it a little bit hard to follow. It's like, do I need to like absorb all this? But as soon as that like monologue ends, it just becomes an action movie. Just all the lines are like very Paul Verhoeven, like very easy to follow. I kept thinking of uh, since we just watched Showgirls, I kept thinking of how like clunky the dialogue was in that. And it happens in this pretty frequently. If it's not an exposition dump trying to move the plot along, if they're just talking to each other. It's very like catchy lines. But we get we get a, a decent amount of like world building as too True. right where we we see these weird things that I'm not I've never read the book either so I don't know how connected it is but you can be tele telepathic for some reason yeah. and that's that's valuable to uh military strategists and so Doogie uh Doogie Hauser uh <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris is Carl. he has Colonel he has Carl. psychic he has psychic <laughs> powers and uh, he can, like, you know, control his ferret with his mind. And uh, he's trying to see if Casper Van Dien has any sort of, you know, telekinetic or wait, telekinesis when you, what is it? Telepathic. Which one's the one? There's tele telepathy and then there's telekinesis. <laughs> one of them is moving things with your mind. He's got uh, the thing tele where telepathy he can, like, put a the, message yeah. in your mind. Yeah. So that one, he's trying to see if Casper Van Dien has any sort of aptitude for telepathy. But uh, he doesn't. He's just as bad at that as he is at math or whatever. Um, but again, the the goal is that, you know, uh, Denise Richards character dreams of being a pilot. Um, Neil Patrick Harris is so, so intelligent that he's too valuable to the earth to not put his talents to use as a war game specialist but or, yeah he'll never see active combat though he'll he'll always be yeah he basically room. basically he, scientist slash strategist 
he's like a military strategist yeah where he's yeah. he's gonna be in charge of everything one day right that's what like the literally the guy's like i'll be saluting you the next time we see you kid yeah. and then at the <laughs> end he's dressed like a literal evil nazi <laughs> they're all yeah. kind of dressed like nazis throughout the movie like when they're in their their gear but he shows up with like the tall collar and the the, the long coat blonde yeah. very he aryan has... looking and they all these guys have psychic abilities too, right? Like the the military intelligence mm-hmm. that Neil Patrick Harris is part of, right? Yeah. yeah, I just wanted to touch on Neil Patrick Harris too. Uh, as, as I wanted to mention this in my brief history, but I watched Doogie Howser as a kid, and I believe he just disappeared for years and years. And this is sort of where he re-enters acting, and then after this disappears again, pretty much until Harold and Kumar. He didn't disappear. He was on Broadway doing musicals. It was Broadway. That's what he was doing. Yeah, he wasn't just like I'm gonna go into hiding for a while. Look, go be a hermit, and I'll and I'll come back when I'm good and ready. Up until a few years ago, (laughs) I pretty much only knew television. So that's what it looked like from my point of view. Looked like he kind of came and went. I know, but you could just look it up for two seconds. No, (laughs) just being like he disappeared. I'm gonna have you correct me instead. Okay. That's fine. I'm fine with it. I know you. Um, <laughs> but yeah, he uh, he has been active his entire career. He just he when he's not on screen, he's doing other stuff, right? Um, which is why anytime you see him do anything where he's dancing and singing, you're like, oh yeah, I forgot that he was on Broadway for like right. a decade while he was uh, growing up. So right, um, right before when they were when they're dissecting, I wanted to just mention this as sort of part of the brief history element too. Um, remember how I said like I couldn't handle gore I also couldn't handle puking and in this first like 10 minutes of the movie we see a guy get bisected and then uh, Carmen pukes into a dissected bug and I'm wondering how I handled this at like a sleepover birthday party like th- yeah and you get plenty of warning that she's about to puke too she it's goes, not like a, <laughs> yeah it's not like a, an out of no it's not like a, a know me from showgirls where she just like turns and barfs out of nowhere and you're like oh gosh this is like oh god she's gonna throw up paul verhoeven um, loves showing like pretty visceral gross real moments it's kind of what i learned from these yeah. two movies he also loves gore like he loves having a good dummy head you know it's one of his his strongest suits as a director this one yeah yeah oh man when they're going through like the mormon base or whatever this is another thing we we learn early on in the movie that humanity basically started this war they went to go colonize a planet not knowing it was already occupied by a you know an indigenous species that is uh the the bugs and uh it's these more but it's not just anyone it's a bunch of mormons it's like a mormon space mission or whatever where they they build a giant church to joseph smith on this planet and uh they basically like disrupt the the biome i guess or like the the ecosystem of the planet by by being there and so the humans fight back and then they 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 thrust themselves into a war and uh I don't know. It's it's so weird because you don't really understand how the technology of the of the arachnoids or are they called arachnoids or arachnids? arachnids. Just arachnids. Okay. So yeah, uh, like just before we we touch on that because it's hilarious, um, we do get the futuristic indoor football scene uh, where we meet. I think it's Xander. called laser ball or something. <laughs> yeah, like of course it's everything has a laser in front of it, including their version of laser tag in the in the. That football looks like later. it weighs like. 
like 100 grams or something like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's so light yeah I, my it theory, really does my theory about that um it's I'm like a nerf ball with the theories theme for this but i think the gravity is like to probably turn down in there or something because there's no way that he can continuously do those giant eight foot flips maybe but you know the more tiktok i watch these days the more i realize (laughs) the human body is capable of shit that i never thought possible and uh i've seen people do like triple like front backflips where they jump forwards and flip backwards somehow. I'm like, That's how did right. they, how did, how did he do that? But how high in the air did he do it? It's either the uh, gravity's turned down a little bit or like the floor is bouncy or something. Let's uh, not forget the scientific that. inaccuracies in this movie. <laughs> they're going to be like, no, no, no. We need to have the hundred gram nerf ball there or to match the gravity because mass in a vacuum and no gravity is the same. <laughs> That's why we have a doctor on this week to just pull it apart. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Arge. Um, so during this football sequence, we, we get introduced to Xander. Xander, like I said, uh, dark haired Chad versus light haired Chad. They sort of go at it in the, in the football arena. Uh, he moves out of the way. Xander goes flying into the stands, but then he starts talking to, um, to Carmen. And then uh, did you notice that Carmen yelled, yeah, home run when, <laughs> When Johnny got a touchdown, I'm not a sports guy, but I thought that was that must have been put in the movie on purpose. She Probably. said, "She said home run." Um, oh, yeah, I never really thought about that before. <laughs> I'm also not a sports person, but I was like, oh, maybe that's what they call it. Maybe that's weird what they sport. call it when you run to the end zone. Like she just is into him and is clueless about the sport type thing. It's probably that. Yeah, it's probably that. They're just it was like, like it she's been really a... smart, but she's also not smart. Or it was an ad lib, and Denise Richards <laughs> fucking knows is actually dumb in real life. Yeah. Um. Anyway, Rico You're talking about Doctor Christmas Jones. <laughs> uh, Rico catches the ball and wins the big game. Uh, this is when we move to Johnny at home. He gets the join the fight pamphlet. The parents find it. He wants to go into the galaxy and see it. See, this is, uh, it's interesting that you mentioned earlier that it's like he's going to join uh, for the girl. But also, I kind of got the vibe that he also actually, he's got that like artistic brain a bit. I feel like he would want to not go to school. He would want to go. I mean, you keep saying he's got an artistic brain, but I think that that was primarily the technology that was doing all the work for him there. (laughs) I don't think that he is like an artist. Okay. (laughs) Well, you know. Dummies want to see the world. Because remember, he draws that picture and then she immediately animates it so that it fucks up the drawing that he did in a better way. So like she's like, I think that it's just some sort of program. Okay. But who knows? I could be wrong. He could be an artist. At any rate, the parents are fully against this. Dad wants uh, uh, Dad wants him to go to Harvard, and he suspects that Mr. Radchek, I'm Michael Ironside's character, the army teacher wants wants all the kids to isn't go isn't it crazy that if they just named him his actual real life name it would have been a cooler name would have been a better name mr <laughs> ironside you just want to find you want to follow professor ironside to, to the battle on the alien world don't you yeah so what yeah and so then he gets what? a literal ironside later when he gets a robot hand. when he gets a robot arm and not, <laughs> not even the only robot arm in the movie to show that the old people have all had to deal with these horrible wars yeah um i do like the detail though there because it's like I was in I was in the infantry. 
that's what made me the man I am today. And then he has literally only one limb left, like Darth Vader. Like he's got one arm left and both his legs are gone. He's got a robot hand and then he's got one regular hand. And then the teacher, uh, like the, I guess, biology teacher, she's all burnt. And you're like, okay, so she probably got into some sort of lab accident, right? Where she accidentally cut like a acid sack on something she was dissecting and it burst in her face or something. Like you can kind of create these weird little moments of how they got messed up in your in your imagination which is great or she saw um, active duty and then we're we it's very clear that the oh it's yeah she could have got alien she could have got injured anyway anyhow yeah. but but yeah. my brain is like oh maybe she got it in a lab accident and then be, she couldn't actually work in the field anymore so they're like go teach high school <laughs> students how to cut open whatever like the babies i don't just even know like, if those are babies or what yeah they're just like giant cockroaches <laughs> at that point mm-hmm. they kind of look like uh carpet beetles actually so we get the scene with the the dance. We get the sense that uh, Dizzy likes uh, likes Rico, Johnny. Uh, Johnny's with Carmen Ibanez. Uh, Xander's there. Uh, Diz wants to bang Johnny. There's a bit of a love triangle that doesn't really get a payoff because both of the like forlorn lovers just get killed. But the but Johnny and and uh, and Carmen never get back together. Do those just right quick? Do those any of these characters show up in the sequels, or do they just move uh, to different the, Roughnecks? The second movie, well, the Roughnecks is the name of Rico's squad, but uh, right, so I know, but the uh, well, I, I don't know. <laughs> so the second movie, none of nobody's back. The third movie, Rico's back, and then the the two movies that come after that are, um animated so i don't know i haven't seen them. oh yeah i forgot that the fact i, for, I forgot the fact that the other uh, yes okay that's cool um but the other two movies suck and i can't remember a single detail from them except for johnny rico's big old chin <laughs> um oh i did have something i wanted to say but i've forgotten it now but it's fine it might come back to me at some point well rico just oh i wanted to say so this is the moment where the audience in all test audiences completely turn against Denise Richards and never they were they said they they tried tweaking the editing like in every which way and this just shows how like shitty and fucked up human beings are as a society that she has this sort of you know playful glances with this other character who then she later on uh befriends and they're sort of semi flirtatious and they don't even they had a scene where they did it imply that they had sex but then they have a full-on sex scene between Rico and Diz, and nobody ever felt the same way about Rico as as they did about Denise Richards' character. And they had to remove that sex scene. They even removed scenes where they would kiss, and p- the test audiences still were like, "That fucking temptress, like fuck her. I hope she gets her brain sucked out." And it's like, oh man. And no, no matter what they did to try and repair that, they couldn't do it. Uh, and you know, people to this this day still like hate that character because of the fact that she dumped her boyfriend to follow her dreams, which is just like, oh man, come on. From my point, come of on, view, society. I didn't really hate that character, and I don't really care. Like you know, it, I, I you know, I'm not saying every single person ever. I'm just saying that know, as I'm like just... a in, oh, in, like a, a sweeping review. <laughs> Are you just getting the Johnny Walker red label out right now? No, I'm getting the. Uh... Glenn Morgan. Oh, awesome. And Glenn Morgan. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, welcome to the show. We, we like to drink here. Um, that's great. I, the, I, I liked our sponsor. Or no? 
<laughs> I wish. I just have like a giant case. If you're hearing me. out there, Bad Morgy, please <laughs> send more. You yep. should say, please. Did you see this one? Please, did you see this one? Um, I liked her character for the most part. Um, I want to. I can't wait to talk about the little fan theory about her role in the actual invasion element, but I didn't think that it was too like for high school students. That kind of stuff happens in every movie. It's crazy that the test audience yeah. has turned on her so hard when that's a trope. Well, I think it was worse when there was like an actual sex scene, but it was when you think about it to balance out the you know the sort of the separation of the two it's like okay johnny is moving on and so is she but having her being shown to move on was so much more detrimental for the story and the characters than to just have johnny do it and it's like dumb and i think by today's standards and just like a, as an evolution of like being able to watch movies and process things a little bit better um most people are would be completely fine with it now but in the 90s when this movie came out it was just like people were lighting torches and getting their pitchforks out like what the fuck so we see a little bit more of the the love triangle happen johnny just wants to be friends with dizzy blows off her dance he wants to talk to radchak radchak is trying to lay some knowledge on johnny about the situation and johnny tells me he wants to join up then he finds carmen talking to xander and xander uh is also going to be a pilot which is what carmen wants to do and this is at the point that i realized you're gonna go to the academy it's like a real luke skywalker Mm -hmm. moment where she's so excited johnny's name is johnny not rico uh and rico johnny's gonna go with carmen to sign up for to be a citizen and the kids all enroll and take the pledge and um carl Neil Patrick Harris's character, Colonel Carl, I just real fuck. That's so funny to me. Uh, he gets in it. He becomes intelligence. Johnny gets infantry. Um, and this is, uh, I believe this is the part where they're talking to the guy who's missing the legs and the, the arm. I thought that yeah. the, the practical effect for the hand, even though it was obviously like plastic, it didn't look as cheesy as it does in some other movies where they use plastic for like metal. I thought that a yeah, lot of and the practical they, effects in this movie, like they went a little bit above and beyond just to make it look a little bit. The nicer. budget for this movie was absolutely fucking insane. And I want to talk about the special effects a little bit because this is the first movie that Paul Verhoeven was forced to actually have to use uh, CGI. Like he's never had to use it I before. I complain about, but I, let, let me get, I want to make a guess. I read, I was watching the credits at the end. Did they make sculptures of things and then CGI the skull like use the sculptures as the models for the cgi or something because this movie doesn't well like, that's it, what they usually do for most movies well it looks like i mean not really right. anymore but so it they used to always like do it cgi but if you watch something that heavily relies on cgi from this era like fifth element it looks bad now but this movie well, looks great i mean paul verhoeven has a very high standard when it comes to how things look visually so if something didn't look right he wouldn't he would just cut the scene rather than have it be in you know yeah um and this movie has tons and tons of practical effects but there is digital here and there but you know there isn't really any digital where you're like oh that's not not great there's a few moments but then there's you know the scene where rico is on top of the giant bug and he's like holding on and shooting yeah it cuts a couple times here and there you're like it doesn't look perfect but it doesn't look bad but then it cuts to him and he's on a real he's thing. He's on right? an animatronic, and, yeah. But even like the, the spaceships, you know, they, they made miniatures. Those are miniatures, uh, yeah. But they didn't even call, I think they called them uh, 
maxatures because they were huge or bigatures is what they called them because they were technically miniatures but they're like the the, the, the flagship <laughs> the flag no the flagship was 18 feet long oh okay <laughs> like the length of a fucking swimming pool <laughs> thing is i noticed huge. in it's the credits there was a, a digital effects team that just did the scene where the asteroid comes and hits the ship and the ship mm -hmm. veers off path like there, there was a whole team that just did that one shot the credits for this movie are actually kind of run like an mcu movie a little bit like it just goes on and on and on and there's just different teams and you know what i mean like it, it was actually kind of interesting to see i mean i don't like watch credits asteroid i heard that there's like a fan theory that when you heard about this i was gonna get to like, it when it happens but if okay, you want to we'll get to that we'll if, get to that if right. you want to talk about it now i'm fine with that too but i did i, I want to talk about that because steve probably will unlock the uh will unlock the I truth. know exactly what you're talking about. All right. <laughs> but yeah, I want you to tell, tell tell me about it so then I can respond to it. Why don't you it. tell me? Okay, let's well let's talk about when we get to about it. it. Yeah. Um well. So we go we get back to where are we at here? Carl changes the Sorry. Okay, so back at home Johnny and his dad are arguing some more. He's, Johnny's like, I'm going to join the military. And the dad's like, if you leave here, you're cut off for good. Carmen and Johnny say goodbye to each other. Um, and Well, we also, I want to have, a, I wanna have a, a, a head bow of respect for the moment where all three of them walk out like it's a fucking sitcom. And they're like, let's promise that we'll be friends forever. And they're like, forever, forever, forever. When and she gets in like, that ship. Well, though, this is doomed to fail. Speaking of bad, the couple of bad scenes in this movie, when she's in that like elevator that goes like, uh, like front to back, and she goes away from the screen. It looks so bad. And then I think it doesn't look so bad. It just looks weird. It, I think it look. I, I think another thing that's really for, for as ahead of its time as those tablets were at the beginning, the fact that she's like, "Don't forget to write," um, is such a weird thing that we don't say to each other anymore because we're so connected by like social media and instant messaging and email. We also have to think that we our language at that point when this movie was being made ha, wouldn't have any kind of vernacular right. for that. We wouldn't have a way to express how we would contact somebody. Text me in six than, seconds. I'm texting exactly. You like right I don't now. even know if texting was like the no. word text was a, not even a word I don't yet. Think it was. But you might now say like I'll message you or something, right? I'll, yeah. But like to say I'll write you something. It's like you're not really going. to But then we find out. Letter. We find out in twenty minutes that it, they can just video message each other. But it's a whole thing where you like record. Because that's what they used to do back in the day when you'd go to war, like in like in the military, like like. For well, she's in space. You don't know how long it takes for a message to get from one person that's to another, true. right? That's true. But like, it's very much the like Earth military of now or of mm -hmm. uh, yesteryear, where people would like get a camera and record themselves in the middle of the desert in Iraq during the Iraq War, and then send that home on VHS or DVD. That's sort of the the idea of the future that they had at this point. The difference is, is it just they probably they send it on. You know, it's the future because it's on a tiny disc. It's on a little disc. We'll get to that in a moment. Um, we get another shot of after they all say goodbye to each other. So according to um, um, Leon in the chat, Bigotures was first used by Weta Workshop of Lord of the Rings fame, which oh. I. Yeah, I I don't I I don't I, I assume that's definitely correct. I just uh, 
They were probably working on or it. I heard it. I heard it used for this movie as well, but I don't know if I heard it in a podcast or if I actually heard it on the, the special feature. So it might have been that I'm mixing up information. In my they brain, would have probably been starting to it work. It definitely had on giant ones, though. The first Lord of the Rings at this point, though, right? Yeah, because I think they shot the movie over the course of like two full years yeah. and then were it doing reshoots what, for another, another like. The first one came out in 2001, I, th- I believe. And then the other two came out like a year after. Two about, years about, after each yeah. one. Yeah. Well, like the one the next year and the one the year after that. So they would have been working on it the entire time, right? But uh, it would have been all like the digital stuff afterwards, right? But like what I did both, I believe. Because I remember watching the heck out of those extended edition special features where it's like here's seven hours of special features watch the four hour version of the movie on dvd and then watch seven hours of special features yeah and you're just like (laughs) i remember there's this one where it's like peter jackson goes to a an actual soccer game a football game and he tries to get the entire crowd to start doing like an uh uh what are they called urukai chant And he's just like, I want you to say, ook, gah, thuf, gah, ook. And like, he's trying to get like 10,000 and 20,000 people to, to all yell this. And it worked for the most part. And they did use it in the movie. But they were saying that they had to do a lot of scrubbing to get rid of some some real colorful language. <laughs> people in the stands being like, get off the fucking field. That's funny. That's great, um, though. That's a good way to like record uh, all the orcs doing yeah, but not if Thousands like of the majority games. of the people there really want to watch a football game and you're just slowing down the process by being like, hello, I'm Peter Jackson. I don't know if you've heard of me yet because the movies haven't come out yet. <laughs> but uh, can you guys do my my Saruman chant? <laughs> this is uh, a... Leon says Lord of the Rings started pre-production in 1997. There you go. So it would have been it's very the same exact year as this. Very reasonable that they were working on both simultaneously. Or finishing mm-hmm. up on this and then starting to work on. Well, that. this came out right in '97, yeah. so. So this was probably so started in '95. You know, the first Lord of the Rings. No, the pre-production. So that's when they're like starting to design things and starting to Finalizing write stuff. scripts, and... building sets. Yeah, getting, getting things ready to shoot. Together. Like they're yeah, they're in pre-production for like Avengers Five right now. That's a whole other can of worms. Jonathan Majors yeah. is out. Kang is dead. Uh, anyway. Yeah. Uh, so we get another we get another uh, sort of series. I feel like um, I feel like the little interstitial showing like with the news channel or the internet or whatever you want to call it is sort of like the the act breaks in this movie because there there are pretty two distinct like moments where it's sort of the vibe changes and it is after these act these sort of act breaks. Apparently in this universe, there's live executions on TV. Um, there's yep. a show about psychics. They show the bugs murdering cows with like the hilarious censored picture over it, which they do yeah. a couple times, which is a good callback. Apparently they didn't have that censored originally and it was just brutal. It, they, they couldn't get it. They couldn't get it passed. <laughs> and then, but honestly though, it's way funnier with the censor bar. Like, it is. It makes it so it much more Because the hilarious. blood splatter yeah. on the wall behind is so is there, ridiculous. Is there any way to get it like anywhere else to watch? Like on YouTube? Or is there a way you can... Arjun wants to look at a cow getting eviscerated. Yeah, no, while we're at it, the sex scene between, <laughs> do, man. That's not, that's between not right. no. Xander and uh, Denise Richards, is that is that anywhere? So I can avoid it. I just want to know to stay away. I want to know where to stay away from. Which I'm sure is what Arjun <laughs> means too because he... Wants to stay away yeah. from the cow exactly. getting mutilated. <laughs> uh, 
Um, oh, and Leon in the chat says I'm right. So uh, 1995 is pre-production for this film because uh, I'm right. And uh, okay, I'm just goofing. Um, oh, is that how it's going to work? That's how it's going to go for, from now on. Uh, okay, this we're is... no longer allowed to ever say that Jason's right because he will just explode about <laughs> My it. My head will be, get bigger and bigger. I also don't think anyone said you were wrong, so it's <laughs> fine. <laughs> it's true. Thank you. <laughs> this is the part where they, they mention uh, Port Joe Smith, which I thought was a funny way to put it. Uh, the Mormon extremists, uh, yeah. uh, they disregarded the fact that they're on a, an alien planet and they all get fucking brutally murdered. We get the there's a few scenes in this movie where it just shows the aftermath of mm-hmm. the aliens. And I love it because the, it's just like a sloppy mess of because the aliens don't eat you. Right. They just kill you. They, they just kill you and eat you. Yeah. Cut you mm-hmm. up. And suck your brains out. Suck and, your brains suck out. Your brains out. Um. We get introduced. So now this is what I mean by the like act break goes and sort of the vibe of the movie changes. Now we're we're, we're showing the characters in their respective like boot camps, the infantry that we focus more on the infantry. The um, we get to we meet Clancy Brown, who is uh, who is like the sergeant of the infantry drill instructor guy. Uh, he's very cruel. He's like <laughs> beating people up. He's like, does anybody want to step to me? And like the guy who's clearly from like a space. Which one of you thinks that you could take me down? (laughs) It's like, I could do it. Man, Clancy Brown is so good. I love that guy. His Uh, name is, his name is Lieutenant Zim, I think. Yeah. He's got a good name. It's like, this is the same guy from the Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah. 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 He's like, well, not for the warden, but like one of the. He's like he's, one of the head guards. He's one of yeah. the head guards, yeah, who's always like beating people up. He, Clancy Sorry, Brown, his name is Sergeant Zim. But Clancy I think Brown, at the end of the movie, he, he, he they call him Private Zim, which infers that he like took a, a demotion in order to be able to get into the field to fight, which is kind of cool. He's the one that finds the brain bug. He, uh, this like country, this big beefy country boy tries to step to him and fight him. He breaks his arm and yeah. puts him down. Um, and then, uh, is it Deez that shows up then and tries to square off with him and almost takes him out? Because yeah. mm-hmm. she she moves there to be next to Johnny, because she's got a huge crush on Johnny. And between the two, um, Denise Richards' character Carmen feels more like, you know, more like a a big brain kind of smart, like wants to be a pilot, and then. D- Dizzy feels like the girl next door tomboy who would be more fun to like be around and hang out with. Um, more compatible for him, right? Kind of thing. Yeah, w- which sometimes is like compatibility doesn't always work like that, right? You know that you want what you can't have mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. So you know they make more sense together, but obviously Johnny's got it bad for old Denise Richards. Uh, yeah. But do you know who it, I have it, it bad weird. for? I have it bad for Jake Busey. Who plays Ace? Jake Busey. Yeah. Jason rules. loves a man with big teeth. <laughs> Giant teeth, just big old <laughs> teeth, and a fucking little spiky haircut, and looks yeah. like the son of Gary Busey, and kind of talks like him too. That's because he is. He is the son of Gary Busey. <laughs> um, yeah, he was all over the place back at, in, during this era, right? Like there was a, a good chunk of time. And I used to think that him and Matthew Lillard were the same person. Like I, I legitimately <laughs> thought they were the same. They guy. both have big well, goofy horse faces. <laughs> yeah. Um What'd you say, Erge? Sorry? What what other movie was he in? One of the big ones around this time for me was The Frighteners yeah. with uh 
a, a Peter Jackson movie um, where he plays a ghost. He's a, mur a murderous ghost with spiky hair. With spiky hair, yeah. Um, Is that the one with know, Michael J. Fox? Yes, Michael J. Fox can see people who are about to die have like a number on their head, and he can also talk to ghosts. It's a real sort of got like Ghostbusters energy to it. It's quite good. Um, he was in Twister. Jake Busey, Jake Busey was in Twister, was he? Oh my god. Um. I'm trying to think of like the the ones that are that everybody would know, but like yeah. the ones that I know, I don't think like identity like is one that I I have seen a few times. Twister, he was just one of the lab techs. Okay, he didn't even have a name in Twister. His no, name in Twister is really Mobile so. Lab Technician. <laughs> That's uh, crazy because that movie came out like one year earlier. That's like '96. Yeah, well. He hadn't fully told everybody that he was Gary Busey's son yet. He's like, I know what you guys think. And yes, I did inherit these teeth from my father. His movie was uh, a raunchy comedy from the ninety from the early 2000s called Tomcats, which I vaguely remember. I think that's um, that's a Jerry O'Connell movie. Yeah, I remember. And Shannon Elizabeth. I remember this thing. It's just like a just like American Pie. A bunch of college kids are being gross. That I think that's what people would know him from. Um, I'm looking at his. I know him from this movie we're talking about Basically, right now, the best yeah. movie ever made, Starship Troopers. <laughs> um, Steve's first five get... out of five, and he doesn't give number ratings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, once we start to get introduced to all these different um, soldiers. And then, you know, it doesn't say I do like the fact that it's not like they stick to the same group of soldiers the entire time. You know, there's a point later on where there's like a where flex they where like Gabriel they, from they, the Walking Dead shows up. Yeah. Sugar Williams. Um, yeah, he or sorry, Sugar Watkins, not Sugar Williams. Uh, he shows up with like another squad and like that. I think it's Michael Ironside squad. And that's when you kind of get that sort of rush like, oh, man, this really is all of humanity coming back to fight the bugs. Yeah, and they're they're more seasoned too. Like he even has the like claw on a necklace. But that's that's in the third act, brother. Uh, mm -hmm. Johnny, um, uh, sorry. So Ace is like a loudmouth. You think that he's going to be a bully at first, but then he immediately befriends Johnny, which is like subverting my expectations weirdly. And I've seen this movie before. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, he's going to be a bully. And then I was like, oh, yeah, he's just kind of a lovable doofus. Um, and then the guy who got beat up, we see some uh, some more technology, futuristic technology where the guy who got beat up by uh, the by uh, Clancy Brown has like a thing on his arm. that's just like gel. Yeah. Now, like Arjun, as a medical doctor, <laughs> I was curious about how the fuck well. does this thing work? <laughs> and is it real? It's a real prosthesis, of course. It makes sense. <laughs> So he's got like this, like it's like a a, a bubble on his arm that that Zim broke. Some blue it's, gel. It's, it's just like a, a liquid in there, and I guess it's there to like promote healing, right, for the bone. I mean, nanotechnology is like one of these things that's like up and coming in medicine now. Where this kind of stuff, I, I think it might be like not super far fetched. Like I think some of that can possibly happen. So you're telling me a Bakta tank is going to happen eventually, like from Star Wars. <laughs> or the yeah, Bakta exactly. tank in this very film. That... That's true, but I want us to bring up Star Wars at least once. Yeah. Now Star I'm... Listen, Star Wars walked so that Starship Troopers could run, okay? And we all know that that's true. 
Um, it's a true fact. Oh, Leon in the chat was talking about some movies that Jake Busey's that have brought up Roadhouse 2. <laughs> Yeah. Which is funny. And uh, in 2015, Denise Richards and uh, Jake Busey were in a movie called A Christmas Reunion about a high about high school sweethearts. Which sounds were they high school sweethearts? Imagine it was God a Starship awful. Troopers uh, Christmas reunion. Re- <laughs> hey, it would work. A high school reunion. Sorry. I mean, there is kind of a high school reunion at the end of this movie. Um, um, okay, just- so. We're in the ca- classic cafeteria sequence. Yep. Our 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 ex- expectations are sub- subverted, and then we get kind of thrown into boot camp life, and it's great, and yep. it's so good. And knife I like throwing all of it. obstacle course. It's well, we need knife. to talk about the knife throwing scene because it, it is extremely important, right? Because there's a callback at the end of the movie that we need to we need to acknowledge. You don't bring it's... a knife to a nuke fight, and what does he get for his for his line there, Steve? <laughs> He says, put your hand on that wall. <laughs> and he, Mr. Krabs himself says, put your hand on that wall. And then he throws a knife into his hand. And uh, I believe the line is something something to the effect of, uh, an enemy cannot hit a button if he cannot use his hand or if his hand is immobilized or something like that. That's like exactly it, yeah. 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 Um, it's... A great effect too, the way that uh, so I watched the director's commentary with the writer as well, and it keeps kind of like flipping back between actors and the director and the writer. But during the sequence, they explain in great detail how they accomplished this effect, and they just had his hand up there, and then they had you know a a, qu- a quick cut where they switch it with a fake hand, and like they use you know digital effects to like you know make this all work, but they just shot an actual gun with like like a sorry like a, a tube with a knife in it and like a hydraulic rifle essentially that shot a knife into a fake hand in the wall <laughs> like right next to him too i'm like holy shit they couldn't just like glue it on like they, did <laughs> they wanted to have it go if it in like a, if it was like hand like that like on it <laughs> <laughs> well it's not his real hand that gets shot but <laughs> no, i mean like but like they put like because you said it's a prosthetic hand and then like yeah just like put his hand okay mm-hmm. wow what I thought was going to happen was Clancy Brown was going to, like, throw it between his fingers. But when he put his hand up, his fingers were together. And I was like, wait a second. But you've also seen him already, like, break a guy's arm, like, in <laughs> half. And then also, like, choke out Dizzy with his knee. You know? Yeah. To the point that she's got a massive a bruise massive on her neck for the next three scenes. Which is something um, they didn't really need to do. Even, like, obviously, it makes sense that they did it. But it's such a – this movie has those little touches like well, it, it's yeah, I mean, that is something that I appreciate so much because I remember that so vividly as a kid seeing the bruise on her neck and being like, holy fuck, like he actually he hurt her like he didn't just, you know, m- like mock injure her in front of everybody. He 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 did. He put some actual pressure down. And so it shows who Zim is. It shows who she is. Leon. But, but it also shows uh, how hectic this training is and how like you know what the expectations are i guess absolutely um anyway the i uh, think that all the details of this entire sort of uh it's not really a montage but it is a collection of small scenes well they're going over the so much information and dizzy comes up and just like pushes jake Busey and johnny into the mud and and uh jake Busey also like the reason why he's like you can't bring a nuke, you can't bring a, a a knife to a nuke fight, is because he fucking he's throwing knives and he just can't get them to stick in, and everybody else has like no problem. 
he's such a loudmouth that that's that's sort of what happens to end him end up getting a knife through his hand um the next scene is the shower scene is there anything else you wanted to mention about this uh this little bit here the shower scene oh my god yeah yeah holy shit no i mean the the boot camp part oh before we go to the because there's Um, a lot packed into the shower no just like you know like i i really like a lot of the acting in this as well um i can't remember the character's name but the sort of like the cute short guy who like can't stop laughing and then when he's like he goes up to him and he's like is there something funny about this and then he gets him to run away and, and he's like i want you to run all the way around this entire thing and he like he does this sort of like oh god like he like this defeated shoulder shrug and he just smacks him with this baton he's like oh god go and then another guy comes out and immediately whips out a baton and starts chasing him <laughs> with the baton to get him to keep running oh my god it's so funny that guy um is from stuff to uh something levin Let me matt see if I levine pull up his name matt levin right quick here his, yeah, his name matt is levin. kitten smith kitten smith he his his eyes are very striking and i uh, what do yeah. i he's in i guess he's in tropic thunder but that wouldn't be what i know him from um just quickly looking at his imdb here i don't know oh he's mostly a voice actor that's yeah yeah, I don't know. I don't know him from anything, to be honest, other than this. Oh, he's in a bunch of Star Trek. That's definitely where I've seen him from. Oh, okay. Yeah. He's just a Star Trek guy. Um. Anyway, I just wanted to say that, mention that moment because oh, I I know him from Blossom. Very satisfying. He was in an episode of Blossom. That's why I recognize him because I had a podcast. Oh, he's one, of your, about he's one of your Blossom buddies. Yeah. Arjun, I had a pl- I had a podcast about the television program Blossom. Do you remember that show? Yeah, yeah, of course. I reviewed every episode with my friend Craig, a uh, friend of the show, a uh, guest of the show, and uh, I regret it. And, re- and regret of the show. <laughs> I don't know if you're joking yeah. right <laughs> You think He's nobody watches this? Yeah. Nobody really watched that. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, yeah. So shower scene, friends. There's a lot to unpack here. They're all naked. So everyone's naked, and it's a sort of neutral shower room. So there's men, women, all showering in the same room. For this um, weird Republican future. Gender neutral bathroom. Um, it's, yeah, it's a, basically a, a, a gender gender neutral shower room. For this weird room. Republican future that they've kind of created, though, like it's it's interesting to see... My wife's getting well, stuff from Well, none of them are here. trans. If they were trans, then they'd be a big issue. <laughs> no, but I mean, like, even like... Uh, unisex bathrooms are like a point of contention for uh the right-wing people so this yeah is but the also weirdest... paul verhoeven was was imagining his his way of getting around certain things and he's like you know what might make them go crazy is if everyone's in here and you see boobs and penises and butts all at the same time <laughs> <laughs> and you do uh you don't see any penises but if you look hard enough you can see like a half a nut if yeah, you try half penis um, but so this was the time of the chat like later on, right? <laughs> <laughs> so the actor who plays Diz in her infinite wisdom, Dina Meyer, uh, jokingly said to Paul Virov and like, listen, we all have to get fucking naked. So I dare you, if you will get naked as well. And so Paul Virov was like, okay, 
Closing the set. Whoever wants to stay can stay. Whoever wants to leave can leave. And then him and the director of photography both got naked and filmed this entire sequence also naked behind the camera. <laughs> so, you know, that's pretty cool. That's I good. Guess. That's and good. also very weird. But, you know, he's showing camaraderie with his cast, which is to, it says something about the man, but also just like how crazy he is. It's just like how in Robocop, when he was shooting the scene where uh, Robocop gets shot uh, 75 times in the penis. He got shot 75 times in the penis just to show his camaraderie with his uh, with his teammates. He said, I'll do it for my art. I will for let you art. shoot me in the penis. Shoot me in the penis 75 times. Uh, yeah, he's he's a wild one, that Paul Verhoeven. But uh, it's an interesting story that was a rumor for a long time. But in the director commentary for this, he does say, like, oh, do you want to tell them or should I? And he's like, because the, the writer is there. It's like, well, the writer's like, well, uh, for all of the, you out there who are wondering if the rumor, if Paul Verhoeven did, in fact, get naked for the shooting of this scene, he did. He did. I was there. I saw it. I saw his <laughs> little God. German penis. Uh, he's Dutch. His little Dutch penis. Yeah. Um, the, the thing that's great about this scene, too, is we kind of get some insight on who the people actually are. Like, they're not all just like meathead people uh jake Busey wants to be like a musician i think the the um kitty guy levin wants to be like a writer he's a he's a writer reporter kind of guy so he's asking yeah, he johnny wants to be like he a wants journalist to be, and yeah. johnny's like i'm not gonna tell you i just want to go and kill these aliens and he's like well i gotta ask questions if i want to be a writer um, and then one guy but it also exposes be... that Johnny Rico does not know why he's there either. Like, it's, yeah. that's he's, kind of the point of that. All smart people. Why do they get like infantry? You know, do they want to do infantry or like? I think it, that the lowest like score, right? That's like the yeah. I think it's highly competitive in terms of certain aspects of intelligence, but at the same time, I guarantee you that like there are a lot of people who are smart, but they are not like Neil Patrick harris level smart like literally uh, psychic <laughs> yeah and they're not they're not like yeah like literal psychics and they're not as smart as maybe denise richard's character but also denise richard's character probably like rico and all the people that went to that high school and what is it called buenos Aires? buenos Aires. uh rich rich parents probably allowed them to have a little bit more uh leeway into getting to where they wanted to be or needed to be i guess um because Rico didn't have to go at all, and Rico's an idiot, and he deserves to be uh, in the ground infantry because of his intelligence. But these other people, maybe they are poor. You know, that's kind of what happens when you go to the military, at least from the people that I've spoken to in my real life. It's like, I know a few people who are extremely intelligent who went into the military, and then I would meet the people that they they had befriended. And you're like, oh, about... not everybody is as, is as smart as you. Right. <laughs> this is interesting to me. I have a question about future Earth, though. Why are there mm -hmm. so many white people in Buenos Aires? That's the it's Argentina. It's right? part of it's, it's part America. of the racism. It's part of the fascism of this world, Jason. It's it's I think the idea that Paul Verhoeven had is like, this is what the world would look like if the Nazis took over the world. This is okay. kind of what it would look like. Yeah. And isn't, yeah, there's like that rumor that Hitler didn't die. He like went to Argentina, right? So it's kind of playing into that a little bit. He, uh, maybe. I didn't even consider that, but yeah, probably. There was yeah, probably there's, something. There's a, it's not really a conspiracy theory because I think there's, there's drags of truth that a lot of Nazis fled to South America after the, well, they were doing experiments Reichfall, there as well. Uh, 
but you know the experiments that you hear about are like wild or it's like they were yeah. trying to breed humans with apes or something <laughs> you're like what but uh there's also that show on prime where that that sort of conspiracy theory is just like they just take it as truth and so like hitler is alive in argentina in that show and it's like yeah so yeah there's there's plenty of of, of tales and you know tarantino-esque alternate futures <laughs> that we can kind of we can we can uh and somehow all of these outcomes allow tarantino to say the n-word on camera okay you gotta stop saying that every time we bring him up because it's <laughs> he, there's a lot of other things that he's done that are maybe worse than that okay he sucked a bunch of feet off on camera yeah okay he got his balls melted off in that one movie in planet terror yeah that was pretty good he did that was <laughs> i mean any movie that he's not directing that he's in something he does something crazy and weird and fucked up yeah <laughs> Uh, then we get to see the living quarters. It's pure chaos. Uh, Johnny's trying to send a video to Carmen. Um, we go over to Carmen now, and there's some more familiar faces. This is where Amy Smart shows up. Um, Did I say Elizabeth Smart? Is that her name? Amy, or is it... Amy Smart. Who's Is Elizabeth Smart the one that got kidnapped? Wasn't there like a person whose last name was Smart? <laughs> Elizabeth Smart is an American activist. Elizabeth Smart is the one that got kidnapped. Yeah. Yes, right. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Amy Smart is from one of the like road. I think she's from Road Trip. Yeah. No, I know she's in or, those yeah, shitty trip. movies with the, those Jolt movies or whatever they're called. Isn't she? Or am I thinking of a different actor? Amy Smart is in Crank. Crank. Jolt. And she's in Just Friends and The Butterfly Effect and Road Trip and Varsity Blues and pretty much she was the blonde of the And early this 2000s. is the best movie she's ever been in. Yeah. Um I feel like it was either her or Mina Savari for American Pie also. We got Mina Savari. Um yeah. Uh also she's in Zoolander. Where are my notes? So we should talk to the fact that, you know, they, they start to bond as a unit and then a terrible accident occurs and it's so gruesome, but so well done. Similar to the knife in the hand. Uh, you know, we get our other training, like the laser tag and all that. And this is where Rico gets promoted to command because he's the one who essentially uses some sort of athletic strategy. It's not really a real strategy. It's like, more like a football play, you know? You distract them this way and I'll hop over top of them and shoot them in their backs or whatever. And you're like, nothing that he's doing really seems to make sense as like a strategy on a combat field outside of having really good reflexes. You That's know, it's true. not like he comes up with That's a good strategy. strategy. Even though he Billy ends do up... somersault. <laughs> Sorry, what'd you say, Arjun? Billy do somersaults. Yeah, exactly. And and be able to shoot one handed while holding a flag yeah. <laughs> like he's playing Halo. He ends up was, being... idea, was it his idea or was it uh the other girl's idea? I think it was Diz and him kind of collaborated, but uh he's oh, like man. You couldn't have done it without you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I think she suggested it. So I, I think, think she's she like it. she she evokes like a a a play that they ran because she was on the football team with him, right? Like she evokes like a play from the football game, and he like smiles yeah. and is oh, like, "All yeah, right," and then he right. gives the orders, right? So I think you're right, Arjun. I think she did come up with the plan technically, and he just ordered everyone to implement it. Because they're they're pals. Um, An yeah. interesting little uh, detail here, which is, did you notice the things that they're shooting are like have the army man green? 
Mm-hmm. Of like the little army men from when we were kids. Yeah, I like, like toys. I like that little yeah. that little detail. It's fun. Um, so they then go to a live fire, um, like a live am- ammunition training thing, like where they're shooting the things like you were saying, Jason, the little things that are popping up, like the targets. Mm-hmm. And one of the guys, is it the guy who's got his arm broke? The guy who gets his arm broken is the guy that gets shot in the head with the live. Yeah. Okay. With the live so his helmet's yeah. cause he's supposed to be the goofy idiot, right? Like, like mm-hmm. a country blumpkin or whatever. Or he's just kind of like, okay, yeah. say bumpkins. Did I say blumpkin? <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> he's a country. Wrong blumpkin. <laughs> yeah. There's a little, there's some uh, other stuff that happens in here too. We get, um, we, we, it's revealed that Xander is with Carmen on her ship. Um, also Xander's her superior, and then we during right before this also before the live ammunition part, um, actually even before the laser tag sequence, Carmen sends a video back to uh, Johnny Rico to be like, you know, I want to be a pilot. I want to be a career army, a career military. That doesn't really work out for us. I just want to include that in there because that sort of shows how they go their separate ways and when they finally meet each other again it's under horrible circumstances she breaks she breaks up up with him via text via text basically yeah yeah she broke up with him before the tragedy happened that we're talking going to talk about yeah Yeah, so he's already he's already gotten his so it's just like a spiral of shit that's yeah yeah yeah. then the laser he's already got the the reason he's there is that she's yeah, 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 is she is he wants to be with her, and then when the accident happens, he's now like, I have no reason to be here anymore. Like, why the fuck would I stay? My girlfriend broke up with me, and I got somebody killed. Um, Hello, welcome, which is Rask, understandable. Please. And then we also get like the most sort of like horny and horrible whipping sequence. Well, the sergeant, you'll ever see. So before we get to that, the sergeant's the reason why he gets to do the the act of round drill the sergeants notice johnny because he does the flip um and Mm-mm. then when they do the live it's round because hearts, he wins he's the one who yeah. gets the flag that's but, what the whole that's what the whole exercise was it was like who gets the flag is the one who gets to be the squad leader, squad leader yeah so we go to we go to jk sim simmons simmons jk simmons who or no sorry dean norris not jk simmons sorry i've been watching <laughs> Oz. dean norris right. from breaking bad is like the head honcho guy and he's like we're also from s- Total Recall. He's Every- the guy with the weird folded face in Total Recall. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he doesn't get sent home. We're like, we'll give him administrative punishment. You guys want to know something crazy about this, though, in this movie? Dean Morris in this movie and Johnny Rico, they're only like four years apart in age, like in real life. That's insane. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. I'm watching Oz right now, and all those guys are like probably 30, and they all look like they're 45. Yeah, because people just looked older in the '90s and the '80s. Yeah, like, this guy looks the same as Breaking Bad guy. Like he doesn't like. Yeah. Well, it's because he like he, I think he just went bald younger, right? So he shaved yeah. his head when he was younger, and he just has that sort of like horse, which is like automatically ages you quite a bit. But it also extends your 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 age. But you're like you're now forty for forty more years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the interesting thing about the the administrative punishment is early in the movie. Johnny's dad is like, I'd rather get 10 lashings in town square than go off to war. And guess what happens to Johnny? He gets 10 lashings in the, in the military town square, so to speak. 
Also, really good effect, man. I think yeah. the whipping in this movie looks really like I don't know how they did it, but I'm sure there's it's probably not as crazy or difficult as it, as my brain is making it seem like it should. Because it, it <laughs> is it like are, are they hitting him with something that has like paint on it, or are they doing something where the like the gore marks were there and they're digitally removing it and, and adding it afterwards? Or I don't know, like, but it looks him, good. They whip him with something that causes like a paint line and then add a digital skin separation or something. I don't know, this, but I'll this tell you, movie, it looks fucking good. You can ask Casper <laughs> Van Dien took one of his the back team. Right <laughs> he he pulled a Daniel Day Lewis. He's like, no, I'm gonna do it for real. I'm a real actor. Yeah. You're not a great actor, but you let you let people whip you for real in movies. Yeah, and then he gives him a little bite thing or whatever to bite down on. It'll help, son. It'll help. It'll help, son. He's like, I've been through it or something like that. Yeah, right? I know. He's like, trust me, I know. Or he's like, basically implies that he's been whipped before as well. Why is your Clancy Brown like one of your best impressions? Because <laughs> I kind of sound like him already. <laughs> I noticed that I I, uh, I watch a podcast with Will Sasso and uh, he does a really good Hulk Hogan. And what I mm-hmm. learned is he just kind of sounds like Hulk Hogan when he talks anyway. So he just goes, has to go like this, yeah. dude. Yeah. So yeah. it's true. You kind of sound like Tom I... Hanks then. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, uh, no, I, I remember I did a recording for the games years ago and they, they deepened my voice quite a bit. And I was like, what the fuck? And then everyone was like, yeah, you, you sound like, and I was like, Clancy Brown. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. I do kind of sound like a Clancy Brown. This is sick. So we go back to Carmen and Xander. They're bonding uh, over being on third watch together. Uh, and they, so this is probably what you were talking about. They almost kiss here. And I think this is the only time they show any real affection towards each other. So they probably do kiss here in a, in a cut version or a cutting room floor scene. And then probably have sex on third watch because they're the only two people at the front of the ship, I would imagine. This, this is after she breaks up with him? This is after Maybe, she breaks up yeah. with Johnny, too. Because yeah. we don't get to see sort of her... her... We get a, a little chunk of her, her life, but we don't get to see her you know, living her life until after that. Because I don't think they wanted to have us already feel shitty about her existence before beforehand, right? Mm-hmm. So this is also the scene we were going to talk about earlier. So I'm going to play a little sting because we're going to, there's going to be some, some theories. Uh Oh, are you ready kids? (laughs) So there is a, there is a, so during this sequence, they get it. They find themselves in a gravity field, which means that an asteroid has come close enough to the ship that it's affecting um, the trajectory of their ship. And essentially what happens here is uh, this is also kind of foreshadowed earlier when um, Carmen's pulling out of the base, the, 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 uh, the space station, and she almost like smashes the ship into the side of the space station, but she narrowly avoids it by a boat. I think it's like three meters. But in this, but scene, she's the only one who's not worried because she knows that she's good enough to get out, right? Like that's the yeah. thing is like she's so confident in her abilities. We also see her flying like a f- devil through the interior of the ship, and everybody on board with her is like 
pissing themselves and she's just like this is the best fun i've ever had yeah she doesn't have a fear response but during this sequence um they get a they get an emergency comm that's like there's an asteroid coming your way it's on a trajectory for directly for your ship so she uses an evasive maneuver that like she puts the nose of the ship down and then thrusts down kind of underneath it but the top of the ship gets blown off by the asteroid because it it nicks it and there's a widely regarded fan theory that the whole movie it was predicated. Oh, is this, on this Arjun's theory that you're stealing moment. now? Come on. No, I'm Arjun not wrote this it. theory. Oh, you wrote I'm just it? Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the idea, though, is that her evasive maneuver is the reason why Buenos Aires gets destroyed, causing the whole rest of the movie to go the way that it does causing the them to invade uh catharon or whatever the planet's called um cthulhu planet cthulhu planet cthulhu and then after it gets clandathu after it gets busted off they can't communicate with anybody because the community it's like the communication tire that gets broken off so they're they're unable to like warn people about the asteroid going towards earth so our uh arjun do you have anything to add to that? And Steve, can you do, do you know anything about this theory? I mean, I think it's entirely plausible. I mean, the <laughs> if you uh, if you nick the asteroid, it's probably even if it's a couple degrees, it could change the entire trajectory when you're talking about like hundreds of thousands of miles, you know? So I think it's entirely plausible. And I think it's entirely plausible. Like, what if Denise Richards was like I don't know, like a child soldier who, like, kind of like how was a movie called The Red Scarlet or whatever with Jennifer Lawrence that she was just like trained to like infiltrate the area and cause this war in order for the Federation to gain more authority. Who knows? Maybe that's why she's overconfident and arrogant. It's a mm -hmm. lot of theories. <clears throat> I, I this is one of those theories that I kind of like, right? Because it's already established Red in Sparrow. the lore. It's Sparrow. It's already established in the lore that the aliens aren't they're not necessarily peaceful, but they're they're not aggravated and they're not attacking. They're no. just protecting themselves. But they and... think like the, the perception of the of the of the citizens is that they're constantly under attack from these arachnids, which is like all par like all propaganda, all fascism. You know what I mean? So that's why I like this theory as well. Sorry, Steve, I didn't mean to cut you off. Well, that was basically what I was going to say, you piece of shit. You stole my thing I was going to say. Sorry. No, I was going to say I, I like it because it's it's one of the theories that even if it's complete bullshit and they didn't think about that whatsoever, it's in, it's more in, it makes it more interesting because, you know, they're telling the human beings, oh, the, the bug sent this asteroid, even though it was the human beings that accidentally bumped it trying to get out of the way. Uh, but doesn't she also alter the path? Like during the night shift, she's like, I altered the path because it's slightly more. Hey, yeah. Uh, it's faster. Like to what Arjun said. Yeah. She's like, it'll get us there quicker and it'll be more efficient. But then it also puts them into the path of this asteroid that they oh, then because, bump. It's like a bigger that, theory that way. Like she. Yeah. That yeah. it could fly towards Earth. And it, it, not only does it go to Earth and hit Earth, but it hits exactly where Johnny Rico grew up. His, his parents' house. It landed on his parents' house, basically. That's why it's a great theory. Uh, it's also just like very cinematic and it's just a, a very sort of like 
yes, it's convenient for the the story, but it's it, it also makes it more compelling, right? I'm like, this is this is great. This is movies. This is this is fun storytelling. It's actually really funny that this was brought up in the in the fact that Arch, you know, you knew about this because I actually saw this coincidentally like two days ago at TikTok. Some movie TikToker was like, they were just talking about it on their podcast or whatever. And but the way that they frame it is that uh denise richards like carmen has like a baby brain like she's an idiot then i watched the movie a couple days later and she's definitely not an idiot like that was a very strategic thing to do which almost makes it worse because she was just trying to like she was trying to like save time she's trying to do something strategic and well she was trying to get herself ahead in the eyes of the captain right like i'm doing this in order to be like i hey look at me i'm i'm really good at my job so she's doing the above and beyond thing where she thinks she's the captain's going to come down and see that she changed course in order to make it more efficient. But, you know, it's also possible that the course was set because they knew that there was a fucking asteroid. Yeah. That they made but it, this, po- this other podcast presented like it was like an oopsie teehee thing and she was an idiot. But no, she was she did a very strategic. Like, but it can also come down to what you were saying earlier about her saying like uh home run or whatever right yeah. where it's like she she's very smart but then she's also not she isn't like she's not always thinking about the grand scheme of things she's I thinking about a deception she probably just said a home run to you know give the impression that she's a moron <laughs> that she's an idiot yeah. incredibly intelligent and manipulative like but, the... but she also is very manipulative and intelligent we know this from her her math scores oh, yeah. and just the fact that she's able to play two super hot dudes at the same time <laughs> she was like in the same room the, as each uh, other a pilot seat too right like i know she wanted to show off but like why was she also in like such a rush to to get there it's true i really Denise richards is the villain of this movie right? that's that's <laughs> kind so. of the, that's so. kind of the theory right and i really like the home home run line um that's gonna stick. That's out of everything in this movie, the CGI being good and her saying "home run" for a touchdown, is gonna be with me for years to come. Uh, Johnny leaves for the mobile infantry. Diz tells him not to, and at that point, we get a call from or he like he's leaving, like leaving. Yeah, he puts in his uh, his resignation. I do yeah. want to also give a shout out to the the live round training and how good that headshot looks when he's like laying it's... on the ground and his brain is splattered across the or floor. even just like when he gets shot in the head it's like this it's so it's unexpected because there's, there's so much happening and you, you figure something's going to happen you know the tension is rising something bad's going to happen and even having seen this movie a ton of times i always forget how good the dummy work in this in this movie is and like the practical effects are because it's just like she falls and the gun just automatically goes off and his head just kind of like opens up in this extremely sort of it's just like you can feel the impact of it and it you even kind yeah. of are like oh. <laughs> i remember watching the scene for the first time actually like the, i think this scene like stuck out the most like the first time i watched it when i was like 10 years old it's just it was it's like shocking. probably the most disturbing yeah like yeah. because there's every other sequence where something really gory happens there's a little bit of tension that yeah. builds up physically and you know it's going to happen because you know exactly what's going to happen because they're almost telegraphing it to you whereas this you know something bad's going to happen but you don't know what it is and it happens so quickly that even if you blink you miss the squib go off in this like dummy head and it's it's great um there's many other moments in this movie that i want to talk about like this one but this is this is probably the, the the moment the first moment that you're like holy shit this movie is 
a gruesome. This is a gruesome movie. Are you qualified to be a helmet engineer? Was he saying like? Yeah, were you? Yes, it's something like that. Yeah, because he's like uh, an expert. Yeah, yeah, because he's always looking to take care. Was it like take care of his helmet, sir? Yeah, there was something wrong with his helmet. It's like, did you instruct him to take off his helmet, Rico? Like I did. Are you qualified to make repairs on a helmet of that? You know, like or some some bullshit like it was that. There's a helmet malfunction, and it's, and it's like it's something to take it off. It's like, are you qualified to take uh, to repair a helmet? I don't know. Yeah, it, it's something along those lines, and it's just like it's addressing down, but they're not kicking him out. Rask, you know, Rask plays in the chat. Absolutely nailed it. I wanted to win, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I Sorry. wanted to win, sir. Uh, I mean, I don't know. Would you try to fix your buddy's helmet? Like, if that maybe not in a live fire exercise like that. Yeah, yeah I don't I'd know. Be a psycho. Yeah. If it was the actual <laughs> field, maybe. But I wouldn't be like, take your helmet off while everybody's shooting bullets around you. Real bullets. They make it very clear at the beginning of that sequence that's like we're using live rounds, and this guy who's only proven himself in laser tag is now your squad leader. So don't kill each other. And one minute later, somebody dies. From bullets to the head, yeah. Um, we kind of they kind of cut to him going through like helmet uh, manufacturing like lessons, like <laughs> right like, after yeah, that he's yeah, studying yeah. a helmet. Like how do I? How does this? It's work? like some like nerd that comes in like, all right, today we're going to discuss how to. <laughs> That's his punishment. <laughs> Instead of getting whipped a bunch of times, he has to learn how helmets work. <laughs> helmets work. <laughs> how, to, how to repair them in the field. All right, Rico, are you listening? Are you listening, Rico? Helmet on head, good. Helmet off of head, bad. <laughs> I don't get it, Serge. <laughs> I'm not like your, two, once again. I'm not your surgeon. Two, yeah, they have two dummy like heads. Helmets as a punishment, like <laughs> two dummy heads. One has no helmet. One has a helmet. And he's like, okay, Rico, now watch this, and he shoots the one with the helmet. It, like. Then he shoots the one without the helmet and just it's like a watermelon exploding. <laughs> See, Rico? Yes, sir! So okay, you can stop yelling. <laughs> <laughs> You're in a factory. So Diz, Diz tells him not to leave as he's trying to exit. And he gets a call from mom. And uh, mom's, you know, I miss you, blah, blah, blah. And dad gets on the phone. And dad is actually, like, very supportive of the situation. He's like, you can come on home. And then at the end of the call, it gets it goes dark, <laughs> and he goes, yeah. eh, "It's not it's not supposed to rain." <laughs> and, like, what is uh, what's happening? <laughs> Everything goes completely like pitch black. It's yeah. so fucking funny to me. Uh, Rask plays the asteroid, right? the asteroid has ex- the explosion. Like I, I guess it was just the. Asteroid I think it's like blocking out the sun. Yeah, because fucking... it's super big or something. Rask plays in the chat says it's also kind of ridiculous that they seem to imply that the helmet would have prevented the head explosion, which I fully agree <laughs> with because he would yeah. just got he's got shot 100%. here where the helmet was not protecting. I know, but got blown out. Yeah, but the at the end of the day, if they didn't all stop and sit in that one position to fuck with his helmet to get his helmet off, to like you know, there's there's other circumstances, not just the helmet itself. Um, but. He wanted to win, sir. That's, That's the thing. I wanted to win, sir. So uh, then we get the like, suddenly something is, I wrote, some, some, suddenly something is happening. They're going to war. Devastation of Buenos Aires. Cat, cat Clendathu, Clendathu, uh, sent Clendathu. The Asper- Clendathu sent the Would you Asper- like to hear more? It destroyed Buenos Aires. Wiped off the earth. Johnny's home. Uh, 
this is the home alone of it all in my opinion um mm. Uh, this is the home alone. Oh, wrong most. This is the home alone of it all, so I'm just gonna. If you had to pick one, well, what do you think the home alone of it all? When is the home alone of it all? Can someone please tell me when the home alone of it all? I really gotta know. When is the home alone of it all? What is the home alone of it all? Now that's the home alone of it all. I'll revisit this without the theme, but my home alone of it all. The home alone of it all, Arjun, is the idea that in the movie Home Alone. The movie started for me when Kevin McAllister slapped down the blueprints and you see all the cool traps drawn all over it. And then Marvin and Harry come in and they start getting Saw-styled murdered uh, in cartoon fashion. I've never heard anyone refer to him as Marvin before. Marv and Harry. Oh, I thought you said Marvin. <laughs> His name probably is Marvin. It probably is Marvin. I've never um, heard anyone say it. But uh, in a lot of movies, we've kind of boiled it down to like the third act. Steve likes to bring up the fact that it's usually the stuff they show in the trailer, kind of like what you're attracted to about the movie. Um, in this movie, I think it's when it comes back around to the, because this is where we get the next like sequence is us seeing that opening sequence, but from the the point of view of the soldiers. So my home alone of it all for this movie is this point on. Um, once we get a little bit further, uh, closer to the end of the movie, I'll probably ask both of you what your home alone of it all is for it. But I just wanted to, I made a note of it here. So I just wanted to let you guys know that that's, that's what it was for me. Um, the death toll is over 8 million in rising. That's a lot. So a moment, moment of silence for 8 million <laughs> Buenos Aries, Aries, Nazis. They are. <laughs> Holy shit. I mean, they are Aryans. Like for 100%, they are. Um, right. A lot of them Argentina after World War II. Like, wasn't is there like a theme in that? Or yeah, we were talking about that earlier. Yeah, uh, that's there's a why, think... there's a conspiracy theory that Hitler didn't kill himself in that bunker. He fled yeah. to Argentina and started a new Nazi party. And I think that there's a thing that like fascism is very much alive and well in Argentina, and if not, it's alive and well in South America. I don't know. If anybody's a a, a world historian, uh, I mean, recently we had like a far right guy that got elected president, right, of Argentina. Mm -hmm. Like I think like, like last week or something. Yeah. It's Neil Patrick Harris's character from this movie <laughs> with his baby face, Carl. His name's Carl. <clears throat> um, yeah, I I think that this is when the movie starts to like kick it into into gear. You know, we're we're we know what we're in for now. When they have to go to Clendathu. recording stopped. Oh my disc disc space is insufficient. Uh oh, it's fine. This will live in infamy on uh, YouTube forever. It's all good. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you know, it's Rico's like about to leave because he you don't see what's going on, right? Like he sees the 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 thing get cut out, the the communication with his parents gets cut out, the call, and so he is on his way out. He's doing the kind of walk of shame with his stuff, and he's seeing everybody around him training, and then everybody starts to run in a certain direction, and he's like, "What the heck's going on?" And someone's like. They're going to attack. We're going to war. 
I just like, looked. It was like I didn't see it. It was like one person was running, then the second person, then four, yeah. then ten, then twenty, then thirty. And then... Yeah, they did a good job of it, sort of of that like slow burn there, where you're kind of like, oh god, what's happening, Rico? Just as a side note, I looked up the new president of Argentina and who got elected literally on the tenth, um, and he he announced Jurassic economic measures that angered some social and labor groups, which really that's, that's some, some fascist shit because he's trying to crack down on protests because South America is on fire. And he has a book called, uh, El Camino de Liber, uh, Libertario and started a party called the freedom advances, which all of that sounds very, <laughs> that sounds very fascisty. Um, so yeah, just just to what Arjun was saying, they they're this dude looks like a villain. Also, he kind of looks like um, Joaquin Phoenix could or Jason Bateman could play him in a biopic, or like the world's craziest Beatles fan, yeah, or the world's craziest Beatles fan. Yeah, he's got a Beatles haircut and has like if uh, <laughs> Jason Bateman was a Sith Lord. <laughs> All right, Steve. Just based on this, I want you just to draw. Like, I don't want. Yeah, to I won't look it up. Yeah. And I'll this. call him Jason Beetleman. <laughs> That's amazing. Jason Beetleman, president Jason Beetleman. of Argentino. Um. um yeah. Okay. Johnny wants let's, to let's... rejoin the force to fight the bugs. They don't let him at first, but then Dean Nor- Norris and Clancy Brown rip up his contract to quit and say, "I didn't see nothing, kid." Basically. Yeah. And uh, when they're showing shots of... You made a spelling error, son. (laughs) (laughs) They show a dead dog that's, like, crushed. And I don't think I've ever seen that in a movie before. I thought that was shocking. Um, It's funny because during the the commentary of the movie, uh, Paul Verhoeven is kind of silent during this part. And then you can hear the writer. And he's like, you know, it's funny because they say there are a few things that you should never show in a movie because it's too upsetting for people to, to see. And that is, you know, mass death, death of a child and death of a dog. And, you know, you kind of skipped over the first two and went right for the dots. Like, we also saw just like the mass... only good bug is a dead bug. We saw a mass death in the. the no, I know. The, but the joke, the joke yeah, is that yeah. he showed a dead dog when he really did not need to show a dead dog. Like, right. He showed it just for it to upset people. Which. <laughs> Lens He's like, I'm going to show the dog only. I wanted to show a baby and an old lady as well, but I <laughs> went for the dog only. So the Federation is going to attack. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris talks about aiming for the nerve system to kill. Uh, this is the scene where they're like, they've got the the bug in the cage. Yeah. Or, or referencing the bug in the cage where it's like, you got to kill the nerve system. If you just take out a limb there's like an 86% chance that it can still Kill you. attack you because yeah. every part of these arachnids is a horrible death device. Pokey. Yeah. Nightmares. Everything is sharp and, and gnarled. It's like, it's made out of shark teeth and whale bones. You're like, this thing is, is it's just a, a pile of knives that are moving towards you. And this is a, would you like to know more scene too? I believe, because this is where we get the shot of the kids just like squashing the, like, comically fake yeah still well, this little is when it's, animatronic it's, uh cockroaches but they're just fucking cockroaches yeah that well that's what i was the Maybe point i was well that's i was again i was i was listening to the commentary and they said that they weren't real 
but they're moving around and they look real. And I'm like, is he just saying this because he doesn't? He's like, I don't think any of them actually died. I think that they only the bad, the rubber ones full of um, mashed up bananas got fucked up. Just admit it. Like the cockroaches are like the most. They're not endangered by any means. Yeah, they're everywhere. <laughs> but you're still not allowed they, to kill. They've lasted longer than human beings have. Just like that's fine. No one's gonna be offended by that. Like I don't think there's gonna be people protesting on the street. There are PETA people who PETA would still would have protest a about it. it. Yeah. But uh, in the original Friday the 13th, which we covered on the show, and then the episode was lost, and then we made a 10 minute like redux of it. The only thing we talked about was the fact they killed a real snake, and they do kill a real snake. And I think a lot of people would be like, well, fuck that snake. But I actually time... learned a new thing about that snake that I didn't know until recently that we didn't talk about on the show. That snake was a pet snake of a oh snake handler that it's brought so much it. Worse. And they were supposed to swap the snake out and cut up a, a rubber snake, and no one told the actor, so he just cut the head off the real snake, and it was just this guy's pet snake. And he was like, "What the fuck? You killed my snake, man! This is my my boy." That's um, actually awful. <laughs> it's so horrifying. Bad. Imagine you brought your dog. Imagine the second movie when they have that dog and like, they actually killed the dog. It's the same thing. Um. Anyway. I don't know if those cockroaches were real, and the information that I have is that they weren't, but I don't know. All I know is that that scene is pretty funny because they're stomping, the kids are stomping gleefully on these bugs, and then it cuts to a woman, and she is psychopathically laughing and clapping about it. Like, <laughs> like she's like so excited. And I mean, it's funny, but then when you think about the implication of what propaganda is, it's so disturbing, right? Like, they are propagating this image to human beings to make them upset and scared and want to kill bugs and not just the bugs that are attacking them, but any bug. Right. And when you think about world war two and, and what, what everything is about when it comes to those types of, of war and, and propaganda, it's like, no, they can, they can basically cast this swash of like, look at these people, they look like this, this, and this, and anyone who looks even remotely like this is our enemy, and we should treat them like they're disgusting creatures that are not worth living. And that's how they get people to be okay with killing things, right? You can get them to kill these bugs, because then, they, then they'll then they be more apt to go kill these other larger bugs, even though they're completely different and have nothing to do with each other. It's scary, man. And he's he, was, he did it in a way that, like, you know... It, it is funny, but at the same time, it's not funny when you think about it for more than the the surface level comedic stuff that you're seeing, right? That's right. I wish he would come back and make another <laughs> style movie, but I think he's sick and tired of the Hollywood fascist system. I don't like it. <laughs> so I like to see you do like a kind of like how the the different fields like so they they, they focus on the infantry for this one, like maybe mm -hmm. like. Another one focusing on the military intelligence or, you know, like I want to see like that. I, I think that would be interesting. But at the same time, I think that the fact that you don't see it is kind of more powerful to me because okay. the hauntedness of Neil Patrick Harris's character when he because he's the sort of the class clown, the goofy, fun guy. He's like a dickhead he, at the beginning, you know, and, and then you don't see him like a bully. and then you don't see him forever. And then he comes back and he's just this like hardened he's almost got like a soullessness to him and you know, it's because he's having to make all these crazy decisions that he, he probably knows for a fact that like the bugs are intelligent. They have emotions, they have feelings 
we're killing them because we have to because yeah. it's like the machine that we're a part of at the end it's so heavily probably... implied that he can see all based on well he, he knows what they're feeling right and it's yeah. like he probably also can read their mind far more deeply than just being afraid he's probably like oh my god these things are scared of us for a good reason we're the bad guys here are we the baddies we've got skulls on our hats <laughs> what's the name of that show that does that uh that's uh mitchell and webb look uh, have you seen the one with the alcoholism and when they go into like the convenience store I think so. I I've seen. I I watched a lot of uh, Mighty Boosh and I watched a lot of Peep Show. Mighty Boosh isn't those guys, but it's like same British style, like the same style of comedy with those guys. They kind of came and went. Uh, the Mitchell and Webb look is one that I want to go and watch all of because it's just sketches with the guys from Peep Show. Oh. And yeah, also the guy who created oh, yeah. Peep Show created Succession, which blows my fucking mind. Yeah. Um, yeah. No. That was crazy but that one sketch is like it got me into mitchell webb was like when this guy he goes into like a convenience store and there's like the convenience store guy there and he like initially goes and he just fills his card up with like just like random things like bread like a little bit of like a newspaper pack of gum whatever and then as he's going to the till he like looks and he sees like a fridge like full of beer and he like it's like oh i might as well just like grab one of these guys and he like opens it and he's like oh the one i just grabbed is like a 12 percent beer oh i guess it's the first one i grabbed like i'll put that in there and then like he takes it to the front of the car and then they're cashing him out and as they're cashing him out it turns out that he doesn't have enough money to pay for the groceries and that 12 percent like <laughs> strong beer that he has so he's like oh well like you know what i'll do uh, i'll just buy two of these cans and just put the groceries aside <laughs> and then he's like he's like the, the register of the till is like okay 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 he's like all right well see you later he's like well see you tomorrow again <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. line of this guy like comes every day just puts up the charade and he's just like alcoholic <laughs> i think i know yeah i think i have seen that actually that sounds super familiar that's yeah. that's really funny though um Sorry to get back, but... no that's great that's great i love it um they're gonna get bug ready. war. They're gonna get ready to invade. Uh, we get yeah. an interview with Ace and Diz about the situation and Johnny. Johnny's ready to go. He's gonna do his part. Uh, as Rask plays, uh, Rask plays in the chat said, "I'm gonna do my part." Um, I'm from Buenos Aires, and I say, "Kill them all." That's what he says at that point, which I thought was like, yeah. super funny. Because people are like having like uh, like. And he puts on a hat that's way too small for his head. <laughs> I don't know if you notice this. I think Casper Van Dien probably just has a giant head. He does. A giant square skull. Yeah. Uh, Carmen is now with them uh, there because this is, I think this is where we're about to get to the point where they meet up with the new crew. At any rate, uh, she's his superior. Xander approaches. They almost get into a fight. He's like, They do get into a fight. Well, yeah. Oh, I, I wrote that before I saw them get into a fight. <laughs> okay. Uh, Xander approaches. He says, rank is not an issue here. And Johnny fucking sucker punches him. Yeah, and clocks him. And then, then they, yeah, and then they get a, into a pull apart situation after that. Um, and then it just cuts to fucking them getting lasered on tattoos of all. Yeah, like, the tattoos of, of <laughs> that say death from above or and something he, on them, I think. Ace pours liquor on it. Like, you think that like, hurts? I think, like, I think it's a like Glenn Morgan. <laughs> Sponsor of this <laughs> week's episode, Glenn Morgan. Right. Also, the liquor they pour on the, the tattoo. 
Exactly. Can you come on every week and just be the the spokesperson for this liquor that we don't uh, actually yeah. have any I'll, right I'll to? I'll keep doing it. I'll, I, I obviously would love to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it'll be like the Oprah, like um, Doctor Oz segments, but it'll be the Doctor Arch segments, and he yeah. just talks about Dr. all the health benefits of uh, whiskey. <laughs> I'll look under your seats, also, everybody in the chat. <laughs> I really like the fact that they just he just like you think that hurts and pours liquor on it. That's so fucking funny to me. Uh I wonder if a laser tattoo probably... is if if getting a, a tattoo via laser is something that could ever actually be a thing, like a real thing. Yeah, like that. will AI steal tattoo artist jobs is what I'm asking. How's the ink going? Really over a human artist. I could see like scarification um, tattoos being created by lasers, but like, how are those lasers putting ink into the skin, into the the? the I don't the know. They gotta create some sort of light light based ink. I don't know. Maybe you just have to like put like a, a patch on that has the design, and then the, the laser like burns it in the ink from the patch. If only we had an actual like, doctor here. Burn somebody. Like it's true just brand people well that's what i mean by scarification like you could laser a, a design onto somebody's arm but it would just be like burnt a burnt just, flesh right? yeah. gross maybe nanotechnology um, will get us there but uh, this next scene i really enjoy they suit up but it's like <laughs> soldiers going onto spaceships and i actually wanted to ask you steve do you know anything about how they filmed these like wide shots of like soldiers going onto spaceships? Was it a situation where they it's like repeated or did they have like these giant groups of extras? Being um, shot they would have had they would it would have been a mixture of things. So they, they would have had um, probably a pretty wide shot of a bunch of different dropships being filled with uh, people. And then they would have had stuff duplicated, most likely beyond it. That's um, the same way when you see the like the ocean of bugs and stuff yeah. happening. It's like they're they're doing shit that because they again this is one of the the first movies that he's ever or this is the first movie that he ever had to use CGI for like proper CGI. Uh, but even up until this point, it was not being done on this scale. You know, like and it again like we were saying before, it is really really good. Um, but like the oceans of bugs and stuff, right? Like the further back it gets, the less detail you're getting in these things. And, and, and like the, the, they call them hero shots, which are like the, the far more detailed versions of things that are up close. Right. Um, they would do things like that for, uh, for, for this sort of shot that you're talking about where it's just a wide shot of a bunch of people getting under things. The, f the further back you get, the easier it is to, to muddy those details, mm -hmm. right? So that's why I asked because, like, during this, like, it, it looked really good. They were clearly using, like, the uh, the bigotures um, for the, like, the hanger shot. But I, mm -hmm. I was looking really close because I was watching an eight, like, a, a 1080p, like, pretty high res version of the cut. And it looked like it was repeated like it almost you could almost see those like green screen lines a little bit but not on the like not on the people in the foreground but like if you you had to really look into the like the background to see it but i just if you just like look if you just watch it with an untrained eye it looks so good you know it was yeah. a really cool like the soldiers are getting ready to go fight uh, a war sequence 
this is probably the biggest budget for a movie that should have never had the budget that it got. Yeah. Like it's it's unbelievable <laughs> the amount of money they gave to him, considering he he basically just made a fuck you to fascism movie that yeah. was like essentially saying, oh, hey, America, did you know that you are fascism? You are, you this are movie just is about you if you took over the yeah. whole world. Don't you know? That's funny. Um, I have to step away for two seconds. Okay. The next scene uh, is uh, the two ships crash in the air because the big bug is shooting the lasers up from the, the butt lasers. The butt lasers. The coolest thing ever. Yeah, I'll be like, back in two seconds. I... Remember seeing this as a kid and thinking like that's kind of dumb, but like the the more and more that I've watched this movie over the years, I think it's like the coolest shit ever. Because it is sort of, you know, like insects in real life, right? They have all these strange, weird abilities that are based upon their ab ability to adapt to weird stuff around them, right? And you think just about how like how evolution works in general, and how you know there's a the I know there's like plants that have figured out ways to emulate a snake head so that other like squirrels and shit won't come eat this plant. So it's like, it has the patterns of a, of a snake's face and it hangs out of a tree and you're like, well, this is just crazy ways of evolution, finding a way to do stuff. And you're like, I don't know how it works. I don't really delve into it that much, but I do think that a giant bug who is on a planet that is constantly being bombarded by asteroids maybe would find a way to be able to shoot a big butt laser into space to shoot asteroids down, you know? That is one of the most beautiful ways of describing a butt laser. From... <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. And what's interesting about it, I find, is that it looks like, I, I don't know if, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think we know what the intention of those butt lasers were. Like, I, I, when I saw them first, I'm like, oh, this is like a beautiful... Like, I don't know if it's like a fireworks show or like right. like a homing device thing for like everybody else. And then you realize like, even though it looks, looks all pretty, it's like all like like glittery and stuff and like goes in the air. It's actually yeah. uh, intended to like cause massive damage to like, I don't know, like a fleet of starships, right? <laughs> that are coming, yeah. Yeah. And so like that's where the more I would watch it, the more I'm like, so what, how, how do these bugs like get these abilities and like what would they have been using them before they were even introduced yeah, to the yeah. race right so that that's where i i started to think maybe it was like they would be developing it probably for like burrowing into the ground or something they'd be able to like make holes to to burrow deeper to lay eggs or something and mm -hmm. now they're they've figured out ways to shoot them high into the sky to shoot down predators uh, and, or like I said, asteroids coming down. Yeah, there's definitely some asteroids. obviously some evolutionary reason for that. But I feel like that if they're shooting them to the ground, they just blow up themselves because I feel like once it hits like any kind of like some sort of matter, it'll just like causes like a giant explosion on impact. But I don't know if it makes an explosion or if it just like is it some sort of like bioluminescent acid that burns through things because the explosions might just be that the the ships are exploding because they have lots of explosive -y stuff inside of it right. i have a you question know? is yeah did you notice how when the ships explode they start falling did you guys talk about this no we didn't but that's a ships thing, don't man. the only thing that i could think of is that they're in the gravitational pull of something that's causing them to full fall but if a ship yeah. gets hit in space it would just at most be sent in the direction that the thing hit it right 
that's a, yeah that's a I cartoon mean, cinema like cinematic thing i guess it's a thing that makes it look more interesting right yeah You're like you want to look at it but i mean i'm talking about butt lasers over here so you're like, talking about butt lasers. Fucking, you know I'm not, I'm not trying to get too realistic about it but i am talking about what why would they have evolved a butt laser in the first place oh okay so yeah. well, i don't know if it like exploded and hit the ship like on the top then i guess physics would say it would go down yeah because yeah. they're they are kind of like weirdly arcing right when they're even when they're in space, they start to to arc a little bit. I don't know. I don't really know how it works. I haven't really looked into the uh, the science behind it, but it looks fucking cool. The CGI and, is great during this sequence. All of it looks the yeah. bigotures, the miniatures, the even the like the like the blue light that's coming up. It reminds this. All of this reminds me of Halo, and I wouldn't be surprised if Halo. Um, if Bungie was Starcraft inspired and Starcraft, yeah, Starcraft predates this, but Halo's after this. I wouldn't be surprised if those three things sort of go in a line of inspiration. Oh, the armor that the Marines in Halo wear is so similar or like to the this. ODST. The creators of Halo have 100% said many times, like the space Marines of Halo are essentially taken from this and in, in the movie Aliens. Yeah, they're like yeah, yeah Aliens yeah, and, and Starship Troopers are like. <laughs> The two that's halo ones. yeah um but the zerg look a lot the zerg from starcraft look a lot like the arachnids in this which is cool we did our government we're on twitch so we have to do a government mandated talk about a video game um i made that up i invented that so they watch as their crew gets torn to shreds <laughs> so yeah. when they hit the which planet, government is the one that makes us do it each week the, the Norwegian gover government, whichever government uh, of the yeah. universe that we're talking about, the um, government of Blendathu. <laughs> yeah, for in for this week, that's what it is. Yeah, um, they they comically get destroyed. They land at night. There's some sort of thing that I notice here where like. Is it the news reporter who's like, "It's an ugly planet. It's a disgusting planet." Yeah. Did you recognize that guy or no? He was he, all over Showgirls last week, baby. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, he's Phil, right? He's the fucking the guy at the boat show. Yeah, the guy's like, why don't you come over and we'll sing? Yeah, he's the Agent Phil. Not Phil Coulson, just Phil. But, um, I mean, that's a Beerhoven thing as well, is that he likes to... He has his his barnyard of uh, of actors that he likes to be like, this is a good movie for you, I think, maybe. He's kind of a John uh, Carpenter in that respect, then. Yeah, a little bit. Um, he's for not as next month when we do John Carpenter movies all month. <laughs> he's not as much of like uh, as like a Kevin Smith or a, a Tarantino. <laughs> Where it's but... literally the same cast every time. Yeah, but he does. He pulls people in when he thinks that they would be good for a role. And you know, he had in Total Recall, he had Michael Ironside as like the uh, sort of the hunter character right throughout that movie. Mm -hmm. He brought him back for this and. Uh... <laughs> funny i think i told the story at the beginning of the podcast already but michael ironside called him he's like this movie is a bunch of, this book is a bunch of right-wing propaganda bullshit why the hell would you ever make this paul and paul's like i'm going to sneak a lot of uh anti-fascism into this i'm going to make it basically crazy and you know fill it with barbie dolls and make it look stupid so yeah when they when they land it's almost like they outnumber the bugs but the amount of bugs they have to deal with and how caught off guard it's like the the bugs almost outnumber them which is crazy because later when you see how many bugs it's possible to actually show up 
like they're fighting like 20 of them right now it's like 100 dudes versus 20 bugs but these things are pack hunters um and they just get torn to shreds spider right like like these arachnoids arachnids like on average they have like what like something stupid like 80 kids or something like yeah oh my god i don't know if i've ever told the story i'm I'm no longer afraid of spiders. I was afraid of them quite a lot as a kid. But one time when I was about 13, 12 or 13, I was sitting in my computer room and a tiny little spider came down right in front of my face while I was on the computer. And I was like, what the fuck? And it was on a web. And then another one came down and another one came down. And I was like, what the fuck? And I looked up and there's a light fixture and there was just like 50 little spiders oh, coming down man. and they all started landing on me I and I was like, down yeah. yeah nuke and it from I, nuke it from space so i'm covered in tiny little spiders all over me and i just ran into the shower with my full clothes on and was like <laughs> and uh yeah i haven't really been scared of spiders ever since then but uh they definitely they're definitely not pleasant i don't like them but I like, like I, I'm kind of, I kind of like spiders that see how my name is spider hero. It came from, I, every time I see a spider inside, I take it outside. Also, I love Spider-Man. Um, but I don't know where that comes from. I've the same way that you fear spiders. I've never been afraid of spiders, even though one time I was climbing on this like pile of brush, a bunch of like fallen trees kind of, and I like was just kind of jumping up. I was like probably eight and I was jumping up and down and I kind of fell on my butt and when I stood up, I had fallen onto a like a spider nest. And similarly, similarly to you, Steve, the spiders just fucking the baby spiders just went everywhere. And uh, that's my origin story, and that's how I have spider powers. That's stupid. Um, spider man, spider, spider guy. I also yeah. this is well, the exposure point. Exposure therapy works. Exposure therapy works. That's I believe that and it's true. Mm-hmm. Except for uh, going on airplanes, no matter how much I do it, it makes me more scared of planes because laws of probability. That's stupid, too. So, so based on exposure therapy, you need to crash and die. Yeah. And <laughs> crash in order to alleviate your fear of it. Yeah. You need to crash in the middle of the ocean and have to actually do an evacuation yeah, in order fine. to not be afraid mm-hmm. of it. They'll be prepared. A few times. A few times, yeah. Just once or twice, yeah. <laughs> just You just have to cast away yourself at least two times. <laughs> <laughs> I've been cast away like three times, man. This castaway guy doesn't even know what he's talking about. <laughs> this is a, the point that I wrote down. Uh, like, really, these soldiers, the Federation, are just invading and attacking animals that don't understand what's happening. The humans are dicks. I wrote that as a joke. I wanted to say I knew that that's what this movie's about. I just wanted to bring that up because... The fact I didn't I forgot about the part at the end where it turns out that they kind of had like a hive mind kind of mentality with like a, a like a mother brain kind of thing like this. It's kind of messed up that the well, the all, way this world works, I'm like, I'm wondering if there's some sort of other there's something else going on here where like the reason that human beings have the uh, the tele- telepathy is because of like exposure to the like they're the linked Klandathu and like there's some kind of weird thing going on they discovered like, this place and then it caused them to get like a like a sixth or seventh sense what yeah they, they found a fucking magical artifact who knows it could be anything yeah. they, they found some ooze and it got into the food source and now it's like microplastics for millennials except it gives us <laughs> magic like, powers it's just like genetically like because in order for things to get like inherited in this movie was like filmed like what like 
in the 23rd century or something yeah like what year is it in this movie i forget it's like um in the pretty distant know. future i think it's 23rd century uh, the year was 1997 no it's yeah the 23rd <laughs> the 23rd century yeah 23rd century okay i mean a couple Plus 2400 maybe if you guys are saying like something in like the water or something that they exposed to it has to alter genes because genes are inheritable okay and those are right after that that might alter them to be more prone to telepathy i don't know they luckily don't give us enough information to do anything else. Do, yeah. do anything. All we can do is speculate. Yeah. I think I'm going to cancel my clinic for the next week. And just <laughs> about this. <specifically>. Instead of <laughs> helping people, you're going to help yourself. Yeah. When my inbox gets full of like, where you're neglecting your patients, I'm just going to tell them that I'm trying to figure out why there's how these guys get telepathy and starship troopers. Yeah. We, we, I watched starship troopers and talk. Yeah, about like the closest thing that I could come up with was that, an asteroid passed through both the Klendathu and uh, Earth, sort of like in a, in a, a, a like a hundred year period, and it affected all the drinking water, <laughs> which then <laughs> all the... Martha just needs her insulin re refilled. No. Yeah, well, no. tell tell Martha to shut the fuck up because I'm busy. <laughs> I gotta figure out why these aliens and humans and then are the Starship blunt. Troopers theme song. You just play it. Some say a waste of time. Others say an incredible waste of time. <laughs> um, I like that the reporter basically gets a Jurassic Park T Rex during the sequence too. He's just yeah. talking, and then he gets like, Ruff. "I thought that it's was a fun. violent planet. It's yeah. an ugly planet." <laughs> um, That's what he gets for trying to rape somebody at a boat show. Yep. They retreat back to the ships after they get demolished. Uh, Johnny actually fully kills one, like he fully fights one, takes a claw to the leg. It makes it seem like he's dead. He's pronounced dead. Um, the But do you notice that he also fights it in the exact way that Doogie Hauser told him not to? He blows all its fucking limbs off. Yeah, and, and then he, like, still gets he still gets yeah. stabbed. Um, and then we get another one of the, uh, I guess this goes into the third act, another act break where we get the, do you want to know more? But the, um, I had to watch this over and over because Sky Marshall, for some reason, made my brain go, what the fuck are, is this the person called? Sky Marshall Deans resigns. Uh, Natasha Mahat Maru is the new Sky Marshall. The pundits are at odds. The... Some think that the um, the bugs are smart, but the other side is like calling them smart is actually an insult to humans. Um, well, that that's something that a Nazi would say. Exactly, it's subhuman. <laughs> it's kind of like uh, the Palestine-Israel conflict. I'm not going to get into it, but that's sort of another Nazi situation that's happening. Um, the fleet's all fucked up we get we see the fleet like landing back on the main space station and the the ships are all messed up i guess if you're gonna sit stationary in space above a planet that's shooting fucking nuclear weapons off it's the best way i could think of what's happening those like blue space orbs um they're all messed up they we get a shot of like the triage in the medical bay and there's a guy who's like, ah, my legs. And he's just shooting viscera and blood and people are dying everywhere. I love that. But these are like, these are the moments in the, in the Verhoeven movies that are the best, right? Where the it's chaos. like this, this overwhelming, uh, 
exaggerated gore mm -hmm. that would never like even like in real life gore would be you know horrible to look at but it would never be this crazy it's the chaos of like the backgrounds of i like... mean arjun you've been in probably some sticky situations right yeah, 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 I was a doctor during, during COVID. It's been crazy. I was working in my ECU. I, I, I've been through these kind of situations for sure. Uh, but I do think it'd be kind of interesting to do a medical drama based on the ICU staff on the bug planet at Starship Troopers. It'd be a lot like making a Halo video game about the space cops ODST. Like, like or like a a prequel where it's uh, what's her name, the teacher from the beginning. How Rue McClanahan gets fucking <laughs> yeah. her eyes burned. No, I want like a strict, like like almost like a Grey's Anatomy, like emotional, like people are like relationships and people are hooking up with like people. Like there's like all this drama that's happening between people, but then like, you see like they're coming in with these like this like bug like <laughs> entire like thing just like impale on them. And it's like trying to save them. Yeah. That's actually a really good idea. Like I think uh, HBO Max, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, copyright because that's. See, and glad more. That's whiskey. That's whiskey. <laughs> you just fucking do like a gulp, gulp, gulp of from the bottle. Yeah. Dun 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 dun. Wow. All right. What a glowing advertisement hashtag uh ad, ad not an ad yeah. um, do you want to see more do you want to do you want to know more uh, do you want to drink more carmen <laughs> sees that johnny is a casualty on the board of the fucking just did you notice during when it's showing the casualties it it doesn't leave like m like it's just one letter that's just like of the names it doesn't like you don't see like a bunch of different letters like first letters in the alphabet what am I trying to say? It's all like M names that are going past. Like it never leaves the M's. That's something that I noticed. Oh, it's that. just to show you how many people died. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Exactly. Like yeah. the M's are fucked. Like, holy shit. <laughs> yeah. Wait till you get to the B's or the J's. Like, well. but we do then see him in <laughs> like a passer, the B's and the J's, <laughs> the oh. B's and the J's and the sixes and the nines. <laughs> Uh, we do see uh, uh, old Rico in a back to tank um, and we see like, I guess it's like nanobots or something that's fixing up the hole in his leg. I thought that looked really gnarly like that. That's the only part that I was like kind of squeamish about because it was so like that part you were squeamish about that part of when it did the close up of his leg, like the wound on his leg, mm -hmm. like closing. I mean, honestly, the, the thing that got me the most in this movie was the bruise on Diz's neck. Where I was like, oh, that bruise looks brutal. Like, that was like the thing, you know, there's lots of gross, weird shit in this movie, but that's the one that I was like, ooh, I feel the pain there. Whereas the guy getting his brain sucked out, I was like, cool. cool. That looks cool. I like that. This is when we get introduced to the new infantry um, soldiers. Actually, I'll, I'll take that back. When that guy got his arm snapped in half, that was when I went, that was pretty cool. Oh, Gabriel from yeah. The Walking Dead and the that other lady who I've never seen before, but she's a huge badass because literally somebody's like, I heard the new lieutenant's a real, a real hard ass. And she just kicked the shit out of Ace. <laughs> well, yeah, Ace would be the one to say that. Yeah, he says, I hear he's a real nut buster. And then it turns out to be yeah. uh, uh, Michael Ironside. And but uh, it's 
it's a good reveal. I kind of wish it was a little bit. It it took a little bit more time to indulge itself. I I think this scene. So like Michael Ironside obviously is like has such crazy presence. Like he's big and his voice is deep and he he just is intense as a as an actor. Mm -hmm. And you know you see the hand like it's like in the the, the shot he spins around. And I kind of wish it took a little bit more time for it to like, you know, just maybe resonate on his voice, like have his voice come in before you see his face and then have him do almost like a, a full monologue before he like it, it pulls up on his back and he turns around. But I guess that's not really a Verhoeven style. You know, Verhoeven is like straight to the point. We need to we know who it is. I'm not going to try and trick you. I think it's going to be him. last week said it best that Paul Verhoeven is not subtle. No, he's. It's like he's holding a gun to your head while you're watching his movies. Yeah. Like, you're watching Look at these, still, yes. Look at these breasts. It's him and it's. Uh, I always want to call it striptease, but it's showgirls. Look at but, this nudity. Uh, this is exciting, and this was exciting to me as a kid when I first watched this movie. I because I, I always like knew who Michael Ironside was, and he was in a ton of stuff that I was, you know, semi-familiar with. I was familiar with his voice almost, I think, more than anything else because he was in a bunch of cartoon shows and stuff as well. It was kind of like a running gag to, like, have him show up just to be, like, a, a one-off episode of something or whatever. Um, he was, of course, the voice of Sam Fisher in the Splinter Cell video games for many years, which mm -hmm. I loved. Mm -hmm. um, but it's exciting. And then he is clearly the coolest character in this movie up until he dies. But even his death is pretty cool because he shows some sort of weakness, which is like, well, it, great. It, 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 this hit, well, the thing that he says here is linked to that. He says, "You don't do your job, I shoot you." And yeah. then there's a we'll get to the flying shoot bugs in yeah. a sec. But um, at this point, we just they go back down to, to planet P. At this point, they start attacking it, and we see a cool CGI bug stampede that they carpet bomb. Which is the most American thing you can possibly do. It's just fucking carpet bomb everything. And they're back. They're in the daytime now. And this is what I was going to say earlier. Like, until it turn this turns to shit and we see, like, the biggest swarm. It seemed like at nighttime they, they can't figure it out. But in the daytime, they're actually, with this new inf infantry team, they're actually able to, like, work together to take out uh, the bugs. That said, um, they hand Johnny Rico a fucking rocket launcher that has a nuke on the end. They find a bug hole and they shoot a nuke into it and it just vaporizes the whole fucking countryside. Um, yep. I feel and like then doing they get this, attacked by a big tank bug. <laughs> yeah. But I feel like, you know, nuking a bug hole is super effective. But like, what are the ramifications for the soldiers? You know, like seems like a not great thing to do that said right the big boy bug comes out of the ground and it shoots napalm out of its face and also looks great it kind of looks like a dung beetle a little bit yeah and johnny is fucking crazy he gets on the back of the bug he unloads into one uh one spot um opens up he basically makes a hole he makes a hole <laughs> he, on its back he punches a little hole in it yeah and then he fucking just drops a just drops a grenade into it. Super soldier shit. And this is kind of one of the other things that I really like about this movie 
which I did also like about Mars Attacks as well, is the use of color and how like the bugs in this have very green, like comically well, there, green blood, like, but then they yeah. also have very orange, like it almost looks like a pumpkin level of that orange, one blows you know? like up orange even they're you can, like, like you can almost like smell and like taste like what they yeah and it, kinda, and it doesn't smell like or taste great yeah i think it tastes like a like a caesar like a really bad <laughs> like a caesar with the tomato juice went real raw or it just tastes yeah. like sour patch kids which i'd be cool i'd eat that but slime. it's so sour that it actually melts your skin and tongue it's just it's actual maple. Ah, this yeah. is delicious i'm dying <laughs> Their face, you know, when your face goes like sour face. Oh, here comes Jurassic like Attack. Ah, so Starship far, so. Troopers, Space Marines, Bugs, and co ed showers. <laughs> Thanks, Jurassic. <laughs> Friend of the show. Love that one. What did you say, Erge? The Magic? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wow. So <laughs> the man, the myth, the, the legend. Show. He always shows up at the last hour. <laughs> because he gets home from work late so that's why he, to he just shows up to see the end yeah drop knowledge on us um right so diz is the squad leader at this or sorry there's a proposal made that now clancy brown wants um our boy rico to be the squad leader or the corporal he picks diz as the squad leader and that night after this big victory of taking down this big boy, they have a party. And at this party, what they have is liquor, footballs, Nerf footballs, and instruments. A and cyber violin. A cyber violin. But all Sick. they can play is Irish jigs, apparently, in this weird That's future. all he knows how to play. <laughs> uh, and then Diz is like, come on and dance with me. And, he, and, you know, Rico being Rico's like, no, I got to focus on war or whatever. And and literally Michael, Michael Ironside's like, you know, it's not good to um, pass up on a good thing. And then Johnny goes and it turns to slow dance, which has always happened in the 90s. They have a slow dance and then they have a full on 80s sex, Paul Verhoeven sex scene. Which I was watching. So I, I really wanted to make it uh, uncomfortable for Diz yes. and the audience. So I did sort of a BDSM thing here where I made her arms get wrapped by her head and her eyes are covered. I was at work oh. watching this on my lunch break, skipping through. So you, you did what my parents did when I first saw this movie while yeah. I was watching it with them. Yeah, you need to not watch any more Paul Verhoeven movies at work. <laughs> well, not, I had, it the seems way that, like a not safe for work movie. No, I didn't watch script or uh, Showgirls at work. I had to watch that at home by myself. You watch that one in the bathroom at work. <laughs> bathroom break. <laughs> I'll be right back like twelve yeah. times throughout the day. Um. Yeah. So they. Yeah. But the the point of me saying it's an eighty sex scene is like he just shoots these very intimate, like remember how in action movies in the 80s all the sex scenes are like so elaborate like even even like top gun they're it's because people were, you know, they were people were trying to figure out like the the difference between like what is porn and what is like tasteful and what is not and like what is real and what is not realistic at least this one doesn't have a holy shit uh sorry there's a crazy can you hear that 
Okay. Legend. Uh, no. It sounds like a fire truck going nuts outside. Um, <laughs> the face is green. I don't know if it's like the dark scene in Buenos Aires where the face goes dark. And like... <laughs> it just uh, goes dark that's... on his screen. Anyway, what I was saying is like uh, the movies they they hadn't really figured out what what was like borderline inappropriate yet and like i feel like they're they're we're even kind of getting back into that now where it's like what can we show that isn't like horrifying and uncomfortable right if it suits the story sure but if it doesn't cuz like showgirls the sex scenes in that movie are almost like borderline laughable they're so horny you're like holy shit i think that the uh, i think that the strip scenes are more horny though because the like I just keep thinking about that one between uh Penny and and Nomi that's just like they're basically they're just, just like having leg humping each other. Yeah. They're basically yeah. just b- blasting muff on stage. But I mean, we remember the the pool. <laughs> Sorry. The pool. the pool. I wanted to say that last week too and I just I kept stopping myself, but you know what? I'm glad you didn't say that last week, but yeah. <laughs> and by last week I mean 3 days ago. <laughs> yeah. Um Anyway, so the sex scene in this movie between Diz and Rico is actually not that bad. He's not getting aggressive aggressive with a nipple like he did in the strip tease. He's just kind of like it's just a, they're just going to kiss and she they're going to be aggressive shirtless. With the nipple when they first they kiss and then that's she goes true. Right for a maybe this was his. Maybe this was him being like, okay, it's time for us to get some revenge it's on the equal male opportunity nipple, now. nipple stuff. <laughs> um, um, yeah. Anyway, it's not that bad. It's it's actually like. Quite tame, I would say. But what I really like about this is they they're they're in the throes, but then they get a distress call, and Michael Ironside like busts in. And... We need you out of here in ten minutes. Yeah, yeah. But then he's like, he's he's like, who's under that blanket? And she's like, mm. and he's like, twenty. <laughs> give it. You got twenty minutes. And then they and he look. Says, Make it twenty. Yeah, and then but then Johnny goes, "Do you think we can?" And she goes, "Yep." So then it's heavily implied yeah. that they just finish up. That part of it Rico Rico giving himself a pretty big sort of like chest pump there. Like, do you think we can do it in twenty minutes? Like, fuck off, Rico. Ten Rico, minutes. you can finish it in five minutes if you he, need. They to. have ten minutes uh, to get ready. They have ten more minutes. What, to have from sex. what I heard in the in the original before they actually did that scene, it was Johnny with uh, Gary Busey's son <laughs> under the sheets. Ace is just like you know what I was oh, thinking Gary about Bushy. that as well. Because I was like, what if, like, it I was, was too ahead of its time. It's too ahead of its time. It's too much. <laughs> but it was just like his big giant teeth. <laughs> if it was made in this end, like now and then for sure. Yeah. And Michael Ironside would have been like, make it 30. He would have given them extra <laughs> he jumps time. in with them. Yeah. He jumps in with them. <laughs> I'm actually into that cut. He takes his robot hand off. <laughs> and it just, yeah. Starts lubing up his lump. <laughs> All right, I, I take that one back. Your weird fetish shit, Steve. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, we just cut to them going to a re- remote location. Um, this is where we're introduced to the flying bugs, which are fucking nightmare d- devices. Um, it kills one of. Wait, the- hold on. We're not done laughing at the last thing. <laughs> Make it thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Throws the hand in to the two of them, and it just starts going crazy. No, you know it's like when you're in college and you put a sock on your door knob so no one comes in. He puts the hand on the. <laughs> the <tent. laughs> 
<laughs> holding the zipper shut. I don't even know how to navigate away from how funny the <laughs> visual is. Arjun hasn't laughed this hard yet. <laughs> sorry, this is the funny shit. <laughs> okay, uh, sorry. Uh, all right, all right. We got to get to these They go to a remote location. Something out. Flying bugs. Uh, this is where we get the scene that's like a flying bug comes through, takes one of their own, kills them. Michael Ironside kills the guy who's getting killed by the flying bug. And he's like, if any, if that happens to me, I know you'll do the same. Um, Johnny's acting sergeant at this point. They I got to say, hold on. Like that sequence there where they're walking through this like Canyon and there's just like rocks, like, and what they like, keep doing over and over is they, they perfectly encapsulate what it's like to see something under the corner of your eye during this because they, they do, keep... but the rocks, the rocks would make you be like, there's something here, guys. Like the rocks falling all every five. You're seconds, right. You'd be like there's something here. I thought that too. I was like, is nobody going to point out the fact that like we're on a alien infested planet and there's clearly movement and something is around us? Yeah, but I mean, I understand it's meant to build tension for this sequence, but holy shit, would I not be like, let's just buckle down here for a second, boys, and uh, you know maybe aim for the rocks, fire some falling. rounds off into the hills. Yeah. Um. But this is where they find the base. Uh, and th- I wrote the scene that Steve keeps sending everyone. You yep. had a couple drinks the other night and sent me this scene during a conversation, I think four times because you were so. No, I, it's not that I didn't. It's not that I didn't realize that I had already sent it to you. It's that I just wanted to keep sending it to you. Over no, that's and over again I, because of how good that's it not is. what I'm saying. I'm, I know that you had fully <laughs> intended to keep making me look at it. <laughs> and yeah. I kept watching like, it every time. Because it's so good. But I knew that if I only sent it to you once, you'd only watch it once. So I wanted you to watch it as many times as I wanted you to watch it, which was four, <laughs> maybe five. Yeah. No, I, I respect that hustle because, like, honestly, like, sometimes when I get a message from nurses, like, that is, like, I don't think it's important. I just won't re- reply back to it, to be, I'm going to be completely honest. But if it's, like, a, a repeat message, like, a three or four times, I do probably. Yeah. It's a it's your nurse, Michael Ironside, and she's, like, doctor. This person is she's, she's got her fingers inside of an open hole in a skull, and she just says, Dr. Arjun, they sucked his brains out. I paid that shit. And you're like, holy shit. Maybe I should go check this out. I have a I have a question about this moment too, where the sur- the the survivor, who's a guy from stuff, he's in everything, but he implies that like the bugs can get in your brain, but later we see that the mother brain like sucks literally sucks your brain out is there some sort of like plot line that was just there there are this happens in this movie a couple times where they like introduce the thing and they don't really follow up is the bugs in the brain just a theory in that moment that was just kind of said as like a macguffin or a or a red herring i think that the implication is that just like neil patrick harris has the ability to use um telepathy so does so does the brain bug even oh, though it can, okay. so when it sucks your brain out, what I think it is doing is like literally taking all of your memories. So it has it now stored inside of it. Like right, it yeah. eats your brains and your memories. Because that's what it seems um, like when it sucks uh, Xander's brain out. It seems like it's absorbing his, his like knowledge and all. Yeah, of his but life it also can. But it get when they say it gets into your brain. I think it means it can like, okay. like be like now you want to jump off of a cliff and yeah. like people will just jump off a cliff or something. <laughs> 
So he also says, like, just like the way that we're trying to go in and steal their soldiers, they're trying mm-hmm. to steal our people to see how we tick. That's when I went, oh, wow. Because, like, again, I watched this movie when I was 12 years old, right? Or 13, you know, assuming I watched a year after it came out. I didn't read all the subtext. I didn't. I just saw the things that were happening on the screen and then lived for 25 years. You know what I mean? So I forgot. I've forgotten more about this movie than I remembered easily. I didn't remember any of this, this, this last kind of sequence. So much like that, they go outside and they start getting swarmed by the flying ones, the ground level ones and the big boys. And they do have a base, but they find out very quickly that this base cannot handle getting swarmed by like, not just thousands, not even I, I think there were millions of these bugs implied by the wide shot at the end as they're fleeing and everybody gets decimated except for maybe I think six people escape from this 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 bit yeah it's the it's it's the end for many that we have grown to love this is also <laughs> a long battle sequence too this is probably like 10 minutes of the movie of them just fighting Michael Ironside gets cut in half. Yeah. Johnny puts Well, he him gets down. his legs bitten off. Yeah. He gets he gets like he falls into like a sinkhole or something and and he's, you know, like and they pull him out and he he's got no legs just as I predicted as a child, which obviously it's <laughs> going to happen, but Yeah, I a big like, boy comes oh. up. That's and then after the big boy comes out through the camp, Diz frags him. Diz throws a frag right in his mouth and blows him up. But then she gets murked by one of the land bugs. The base gets overrun by thousands of bugs, and they barely escape with a few men. Okay, well, I want to talk about this a little bit more. I don't yeah, want to just course. breeze through it. No, no, no. Um, I, I just wanted to to set the stage for you because I know you're gonna have okay. lots of stuff to say. Well, because like I, I I'm thinking about Michael Ironside, right? As this character who you know, <clears throat> he he's the one who who says, you know, do you want to live forever? He's like, if you don't do your job, then you're gonna die. Uh, he's the one who convinces Rico. Rico essentially says that he's like his mentor and that he's like the one person that he looks up to. His dad even knows. It'd be great it. if his character name was Iron Michael Side. <laughs> his name is Iron My name's Michael Iron. Side. Iron Michael Side. <laughs> All right. Yeah, that would be pretty good. <laughs> um, but you've you, you've already been kind of shown that this man is unflappable, and he is indestructible uh he's a a true leader of the infantry he might not be the smartest but he's definitely the smartest when it comes to this type of scenario uh we see like you said the guy get pulled off by one of those uh sorry pulled away by one of those (laughs) i was thinking about that tent scene earlier that we created Uh uh-oh he's pulled away by one of the the flying ones and rather than shoot the bug he shoots the guy kills him i'd expect any of you to do the same and then you know like they move on from that and as he's looking down at his legs he's like kill me rico shoot me you know what you have to do yeah and rico does and this is the moment where you're like okay so what is he scared of here is he scared of what's going to happen to him after 
Is he going to be torn apart by bugs because they're not going to be able to get him out because he's legless? Is he scared of going back to Earth and being that guy who stamps people's sheets? You know, he can't even really do much more than that anymore. It's like, what does he fear? You don't really know in the moment, but you do know that he does experience fear in the same way that the rest of us do, right? Like, up into that moment, you, you, you're you kind of meant to believe that he is absolutely fearless, but that's not true. He He feels fear, man. He feels fear like the rest of us. And I think that that's pretty cool. Um even though I would have loved to have seen him survive and come back as like a guy with like weird gazelle robot legs. We're like, all right, follow me. <laughs> it's those blades that uh, people who have lost their legs, but they still want to be marathon runners. Yeah. Or he just gets like a, a bottom half. That's a tank. Like, you want to live forever? <laughs> That's good. At what point? It's like you know the the thought experiment. Like if you remove all the parts of a of a of a ship and replace yeah. the parts, at what point is it like a new ship or is like it no longer the ship like, anymore? Yeah, you you regenerate your cells. When is it a new ship? Yeah. Or like it's just his know, head? Yeah. Like, at what point is he no longer himself and just a just robot yeah. parts? Eventually, um, you replace the head, and it's just that one prosthetic hand that he had earlier <laughs> as the head. <laughs> and it talks. It talks like this. All right, you motherfuckers. He gets more ornery too somehow. Yeah. The uh, speaking of, so Johnny goes through a lot of loss in this next in this like five minute period. But it's just, he's so yeah. dumb that he's unfazed. Like, he loses his fucking, his mentor, and then he loses his current girlfriend, because she gets stabbed after she kills that yeah. the big boy. And she dies in his arms, and then he, Johnny's like, oh, Carmen's here. <laughs> like, it's, Johnny fucking well, well, well. sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, he doesn't know that she's here. She knows that Right, Zach, Carmen knows Zach... that Johnny's there. Because yeah, um, yeah. Xander What's comes up to the Xander, front. Xander. Xander comes up to the front. He's like, you know, uh, Johnny's in the back of the ship. There, she's flying all erratically. Um, I do. He's not. He's you know, like Xander is kind of a dipshit. But I'm glad that in but he's like the not, heat of he's battle, no worse than Johnny. He's a he's pilot. just a guy. Yeah, yeah, he's just some fucking dildo. Like the rest of the men in this movie. He's <laughs> dark. He's dark haired Chad. It's um, true. Yeah. So then Johnny uh, try to, tries to order a bombardment of Planet P and gets an immediately, like, negative. Also, great job, guys, from that, that one captain who's from stuff. Uh, we didn't talk about it, but that actor who plays the, the woman captain, um, she's from things. I recognize her from something that I watched recently as well. Maybe the, She's in this new. movie and she gets cut in half by a door, I think. That's right? true. She gets cut in half by a door in literally, like, ten minutes. Um the the they after he tries to order the bombardment he shut down and then he's like okay fine basically he's like okay well they know what's best then they see a massive fleet of the ships like the bigger ships have more mo, uh mobilized so something's a brewing but then we get a we get a smash cut over to like the funeral for the fallen comrades and i couldn't help but just laugh that when somebody dies in this universe they put them in a fucking metal coffin and shoot them into space. That happens in like so many movies, though, like so many space movies. And when it happens in those movies as well, I go, 
littering is littering, my guy. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think if I had the option to be shot into space rather than like buried in the ground or burned into ashes and sprinkled in the sea or whatever, it's like okay. it's no different than that, I guess. I like, what else are they going to do? I think it's part of, like, the, the, like, you know, like, whenever I think of space war movies and stuff, I think of, yeah. like, they call they have, like, Admiral of the Fleet, right? Which is, like, also, like, a naval thing and also something, like, in space. And I, from what I understand is, like, if you're a soldier who's in the Navy and you die in battle and sea, they bury you at sea. And that's, like, the honorary thing. And then I think in space, like, with a space force or whatever, that would be... <clears throat> the honorary way to go kind of thing. I don't if know. If you're fighting in the sun in wars space, of yeah. 2545, they eat you into the sun if you die in active battle. Okay. All right. <laughs> in the year 2545. Like uh, space is the universe, right? Like, yeah. I get that. Okay. Look, I'm not, discredited jason just hates cool scenes in movies i liked it and i didn't think <laughs> it was uncool it i called it littering yeah i thought it'd be funny to bring up the fact that like what i would have thought was cool is if they zoomed out and there was like a giant space cross implying that this was like a space graveyard and there was a bunch of other coffins floating <laughs> they're around. all just floating it's like a planet saturn but it's all just caskets like floating also i was fully floor. ready for the when they pulled the flag off the top of the coffin and it went into like that holding compartment mm. i thought it was going to get burned up i don't know how i don't remember anything about this movie i've seen this movie i thought it was gonna get burned up and then like the ashes maybe dispelled into space there are know. there are lots of actually that would be kind of cool a cremation and then they blow your your uh, ashes out that'd be kind of cool yeah because um stardust i but i've never i've ne also never seen that in a movie before which i'm like how has that not been done that's, that would be very cool. The coffin hits another asteroid and takes it off trajectory. It's <laughs> yeah, LA, New York, takes yeah, out Costa Rica. Yeah, whoopsies. Uh, I know that's, not, that's Central America, but you know that's the first South American thing I could think of. Um, right. So Xander and Carmen are the pilots. Carmen sees Johnny. Johnny orders the bombardment. Listen, um, we've already we've already I, got I, up to Diz's fucking right death. Like her her. Her. This we get their our first reunion of the of the pack. Of, yeah, Carl of shows up, kids. looking like a straight up Nazi. Um, yeah. he's he's he thinks that there's proof of intelligence based on this fact, and he doesn't want to nuke Planet P. Well, he has like as a high ranking, like I guess he's a colonel now, right? He's Colonel Carl. He, colonel Carl, and he uh they they figure out that there's a, a brain bug right? or, or at least they, they have evidence that there's a brain bug right and they 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 didn't know whether or not like he thought there was a brain bug and they used this 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 unit to go down there the and roughnecks get, yeah get murdered to find out whether or not there was the brain bug there so that's just another reason why he's got the the soulless sunken eyes of of a a heartless he he's not heartless he just has to deal with it and yeah. you can tell at, at points he's like, man, I'm really like, I'm far gone now that I, I feel absolutely nothing for my former friends who I promised on the last day of high school that we'd be friends forever. But I, I literally <laughs> sent them to their forever. deaths. Yeah. So they're going back to capture the alien brain. Uh, he offers Johnny Lieutenant and he accepts Rico's roughnecks. Uh, they're getting ready to head back to the planet P to get the smart bug. Their ship takes a hit from an alien blast, um, and 
this is when uh, Carmen gets Xander, and basically only they escape because the uh, the captain, the scene we were just talking about, she gets cut in half by a door. And uh, I thought the effects were great here. Um, they were for the ship getting good. wrecked. But this is when I noticed that like that's not how space works. The ship's falling with no gravity. All right, don't act like you know how space works. Listen, I asked the doctor how space works, and he had the same response. Okay. Um. Yeah. So Xander and Carmen managed to narrowly escape. She crashes down in Planet P in one of the like uh, alien. Um, like sinkhole areas bug cave is what I wrote here the technical term Xander gets stabbed in the ass or that's what it looked like because they start fighting the aliens and the way that the, the talon comes down it looks like he got stabbed directly in the ass but it is actually just the his leg he sucked um, his anus out <laughs> Carmen gets <laughs> he sucked his anus out Carmen gets stabbed through the, the shoulder um, and then at this point, Johnny is like, come with me. We got to find them and takes off a small crew, takes Gabriel and, uh, somebody else doesn't matter. Um, who is it? I I'm it's two people. It's two people. It is Gabriel cause... and it's, is it teeth? It's not teeth. Teeth's Maybe. dead, isn't he? Yeah. Fuck, I can't remember. Johnny knows she's still alive and goes to help her. They split groups. Xander and Carmen see the alien queen. The mother stabs Xander in the brain and sucks him dry. Uh, Johnny makes it and has a nuke. And he's doing that thing where he's like, almost like dressing. You know what this is? You're a smart bug, don't you? Bing, bang, boom. Rescues Carmen. Johnny gives Gabriel from The Walking Dead the nuke because he gets stabbed in a similar effect that you were talking about earlier that looked really good. Like he gets stabbed across like here. It just like opens. And he goes down and he's like, sacrifice me. He holds the nuke. It goes off. The cave um, caves in. So they're on the other side of it. When they get out, it's revealed that they actually somehow, even though that fucking room got nuked, this this part was kind of weird to me because that room got nuked, but on the other from another cave entrance, they pull the like alien brain out in like a net. Well, see, this made me think that maybe there's more than one brain bug. Yeah, there. but it was the same brain bug because it was the one that got its like brain sucker oh, thing cut off. Oh, and, and this is still, the thing that I wanted to talk about earlier. Still shooting off, shooting out that goo. So you know how like it sucks Sanders' brains out, right? Mm-hmm. And it looks amazing. His head goes concave. It's so good. Yeah. And then he's like, <laughs> and then it goes for her, and it looks probably the most disturbing imagery in this movie. Uh, aside from Dizzy's neck bruise, yes. is the tendril coming out and just covered in like goo, uh, and it looks like sort of a almost like a praying mantis arm. Uh, but she brought a knife to a nuke fight and she fucking sliced his tendril off with it the, the knife foreshadowing in this movie is, is what you want unparalleled it's amazing that's good i didn't even pick up on that and that's uh i didn't pick up on that either remember anytime you're not gonna bring your knife because it weighs like you know 
25 grams too much on your pack or whatever that you might need it to stop yourself from getting your brain sucked I've played out. a lot of video games over the years and I've especially survival horror games you always <laughs> fucking just load up on as many shivs as possible because they're always going to be the thing that separates you from zombie so I, I mean let's just assume that these caves are like winding and crazy and they're they're everywhere maybe the, the alien nu the nuke goes off well the, the, if the alien understands what a nuke is understands yeah. that a nuke could get down there it was already when... fleeing while the the zombie while the main crew was all attacking. of its all of its bug soldiers are, are kind of creating a wall in front of it as it goes backwards we don't know where it goes it, it could right. have some sort of like tunnel that is you know nuke proof or something or like even just it knows if it goes down here then all of the explosion will be blown out through you know shoots that it's created almost like mm -hmm. chimneys or something who knows yeah just At like we don't rate, know how everyone has psychic powers in this movie we don't know how this happens well what they see the people cheering which is was also kind of weird because as they leave the cave they're like everybody's cheering they pull the, the the brain bug out colonel carl shows up he goes over and touches it and he basically determines that you know it's afraid and they cheer yeah <laughs> Which is really fucked up too when you think about it. If you think about it for more than two seconds, you're like, oh wow, Ugh. these guys are overjoyed that they're creating fear. Yeah. And uh, well, in addition to that, um, he kind of, uh, Johnny says kind of a, a thing where like, you put the, you, you put the idea in my head psych psychically to let me know where Carmen was. And he's like, I don't know. Maybe I did. And then we get another, like, well, do you want to know more? Uh, showing them just torturing the brain bug and, yeah. like, jamming things in it with the censored sign on it and stuff. And I mean, then... the brain bug is a shit, though, right? Like, he's not, it's not like, like, he was fucking killing so many, like, people and stabbing their brain in and sucking them out. Yeah, but he's just trying to figure out how to survive. He was stealing yeah. their brains because he didn't want to die. I don't know if it's if anybody is good in this neil patrick harris is also a piece of shit everyone's a piece of everybody's shit in this movie. Terrible. everyone's a piece of shit and yeah. i would say that arguably the brain bug is less of a piece of shit than I would any say, of the I human beings in this movie <laughs> yeah and like the, but final... the thing that freaked me out the most about this entire movie all the gore i think the craziest thing was like the weird lips that the brain bug had it looked yeah. like I don't know. I couldn't like open like a tangerine and look at the insides again because it was just like for a I while. Think, yeah, I think that that the moment of showing the face of the brain, it's bug, like a sphincter early, mixed with yeah. actual human lips. Like it's earlier a, it's in like the lips movie, in a... where the where they show the alien on the ground and you see its eye looking up at it, like it's like a little lobster eye. That was like a kind of a foreshadowing that these things are more sentient than yeah. they're giving them credit for it it's scared it looks scared yeah like it looks like a cow getting like blap blap yeah. to the head um the final basically the final line of the movie is like come on you apes do you want to live forever yeah and they rush it does sort of like a uh join up today is because it says like they will fight again and they'll win <laughs> like, okay yeah so i guess we should join up uh, it's funny that that is the end of the movie because the way this movie ends feels like there should be another whole hour of movie or something. Like it doesn't feel like like it sets it up for sequels that do happen, but like I want to see I want an actual sequel at the same quality of this movie. But with that, it's time to play a game.
Oh, God. The MPAA, everyone. The MPAA. Wow. You know the name it's of the game. It's time to play Guess the MPAA. It's time to guess the MPAA rating for this movie. Now, the MPAA certificate number is the number at the end of each movie that signifies that it's been given an, a rating through from PG to R, from G-rated to R to NC double 17. Anyway, um, there's a five-digit number Jesus. at the end of the movie. I botched that. That was stupid. <laughs> Uh, at any rate, there's a five-digit number at the end of the movie that's the uh, certificate rating that the MPAA gives every movie. I'm going to give you guys a, a new hint. Instead of giving you the first two numbers, I'm going to tell you that there's only two numbers in this five-digit number. I'm going to give you each two guesses. Arjun, what's the MPAA mm-hmm. rating for this movie? Uh... And then the 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 next four digits. Jason, what you Three. said was so fucking confusing. I have I absolutely have no idea what you meant by that. There's five numbers, one to five. There's five. To- there's five numbers in the five-digit number, but there's only two numbers in that five-digit number. What? I don't know what that means, though. Okay, so you know how there's five numbers in the certificate number? Yeah. Right? There's only two numbers represented in that in that five-digit number, and Arjun already has one of the numbers correct. Oh, do I guess the second one? I well, guess just so. say the rest of the numbers. So five numbers, and these numbers are between five and five. It's five numbers. Five digits. And this week, the hint is there's only two numbers. And you got one of the numbers right. And this is still your this is part of your first guess. So three, seven, uh, four, five, nine, two. Lower. Once again, Steve, it's your turn. There's only two numbers in this certificate number. Three. Four. Five. Six, seven, eight. Urgent. Once again, in the there's only two different numbers. Oh, there's only two different okay. Okay. Now I understand. I didn't know what you meant by let that. Me, let me just tell you, Steve, you were on the right track with your first two numbers. This is the closest we're ever going to get to you to anybody getting this correct. So three and four are right, Arjun. Yeah. So it's it's a combination of three and four over and over again, and you just have to guess it right. I'm still confused. I don't know. I just is- got it on my first guess. At his response to my guess, I I understood, but it took me. I've had a long day. I've had a clinic this morning, and I drove from Michigan to Toronto. And I walked in. I ignored my family to come on here. I was like, I gotta go. I gotta go upstairs. Right when I walked in. All right, guess it. Three, four. Uh, eight. 
No, no, it's three or four. It's a combination of three and four over until you get it. It's a combination of three and four. It'll only be threes and fours. It'll only be threes and fours. And it's a sequel. It'll be like three, four, 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 three. Okay, so, oh, oh, oh. Okay, okay, okay. So, uh, three, four, four, three, four. Oh, so close. Steve, do you want to take a final guess? Three, four, three, three, four! Fuck! 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 Three, four, three, three, four, four. The MPAA, everyone. The MPAA. I had, wow. I, I got two, you're a winner buttons to press here is what they sound like you win perfect and You're but neither of you got it this week it was three four Maybe three four day. three um thank you for playing uh the mpaa game i'm gonna actually get worse at explaining it and that was the probably the easiest it'll ever be and also listen my- if you had explained it properly i would have maybe got it but you didn't <laughs> Listen, it's uh, it's that time of the evening where we get the shit out of here. Let's uh, listen to our final thoughts. It's time for our final thoughts. Arjun, I know it's way past your bedtime, so and I've also made it a, a tradition around here to let the guest go first. So why don't you give us your final thoughts for the movie Starship Troopers? Sure. I mean, it's an excellent movie. Um, you know, uh, as I said, it, it I think it has a lot of you know social implications as well as nostalgic memories for like a lot of us, especially like us and millennials. And uh, I'm happy that you guys invited me on this show uh, to discuss it. I think that this is a lot of fun. Uh, but I think we covered the gist of it. I think we we really went into a great amount of depth and detail on it. So I have nothing more really to add right now. If you had to give it a rating, either a number rating or just a funny rating, what, what would you rate this movie? Uh, what is the scale for the funny and what is the scale for it's the It's not, this, this isn't a game. This is abstract. Okay. okay, so star eyes and a wide smiley face for the first one and then it I say a solid nine out of ten for the other one. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you, Arjun. Thank you. Thank you. Steve. Oh my God. What are your final thoughts? This movie is probably one of my favorite movies. Um, if I had to put it in a top ten category of favorite movies, I probably would. I don't know where I'd put it in there, but. I think it might be there. And if it didn't fall in the, in the top 10, it would definitely be in the top 20. Paul Verhoeven is one of my favorite directors, even though last week maybe proved that he he needs to uh, think a little bit harder about the way he represents certain things on screen. This movie uh, shows that when he does think about other things on screen, it's great. And I love it. Um, I like that he's so adverse to fascism, but he so easily made a movie that was basically just fascist propaganda in the most 
compelling and hilarious way possible. Not compelling for you to be a fascist, but compelling for you to realize how silly and insane fascism is. Um, I will probably keep watching this movie over and over again. Uh, surprisingly, not as problematic as I thought it would be so many years later. There are definitely some things in there that are, but I don't think that they are that they weigh the movie down in the way that you would classically think that they would. Um, if I had to give this movie a rating, I'd probably just let it suck my brains out because <laughs> it did. <laughs> and it always will. Uh, thank you, Steve. Uh, it's fantastic. I'll get through my final thoughts very quickly here. It holds up for sure. It's a fun watch. I really liked the CGI. It held up. Um, it could have uh, easily looked insane, the CGI, but it didn't. It. I don't know if I watched a version that uh, was like an HD remaster or something because I swear like movies from this era did not have this level of CGI. Uh, I compared this a lot to Showgirls cinematography-wise, and there are for sure similarities. Paul Verhoeven has definitely has like a signature style that you can see in this, and the dialogue is clunky, similarly to Showgirls. Also, the score. Uh, I'm a music person, and the score in this movie kept me like I kept listening to the 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 stings and stuff. Um, I give it a 3.7 out of 5. I highly recommend it to anybody that's never seen it, but it's like like you were saying, Arjun, like millennials have seen this movie. Um, I'm not sure if I need to slog through the four sequels, and this movie leaves it a bit open-ended, but there's no way they don't just continuously decrease in quality as they go on. And Steve let us know that the, the last two are animated, so they might be like their own thing, depending on the quality of of the animation um you tell me viewer i give this an asteroid heading into deep space but it gets its path change and hits buenos aires when a ship collides with it um arjun before we get out of here do you have anything you want to plug uh I mean, I have nothing I want to plug right now, to be honest. Uh, you know, if you have any hormonal issues, I'm I'm an endocrinologist, so I mean, I'm gonna be starting my clinic up in uh, in August of 2024. So if uh, if you need any assistance or any help, I'm there to serve you. That's amazing. That's the best plug I think we've ever had on this show. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm just gonna quickly plug the fact that uh, you can find us on all social media um basically at hey did you see this one and if you go over to where you can find our audio podcast on spotify and apple Podcasts by searching hey did you see this one we have 85 episodes up in audio form now so please go and listen to those uh please watch us on youtube this episode will be up tomorrow morning um arjun once again thank you for coming on you were a fantastic guest i uh you're welcome back anytime uh, you're my doctor now. And you're my doctor now. And Arjun, if there was one question that you could ask to the people, it's the name of the show. What would you ask the people? Do about the movie or no? Just like if you could ask one question to the people, it's the name of the show. What would you ask the people? Oh. oh. 
the question I would ask them is... Hey, did you see this one? Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was funny. I love how it catches everybody off guard. I love it. So I mean, much. you should probably tell them to begin with, but I you should. know, whatever. I thought that it was <laughs> it's funnier. I like that Arjun had to like look at his <laughs> phone looked, and be like, uh, "What show am I on again?" <laughs> the fuck is this no. nonsense? Are we off? Are we off air?